Yeah, what's going on? How's it going? It's going well. Are you feeling it? Getting there. How are you? I'm all right. Are you uh, right. observing our uh, benedictions? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My only regret is that I only have one jug of Mississippi mud left here. I feel like you didn't plan this well. Well, I mean, it, the sensible thing would be to like switch to water after I consume this one quart of black and tan beer. I don't think I ever want to hear you use the word sensible for the rest of uh, 2018. Yeah. We'll see. You got an hour. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. You're looking forward to this, huh? Oh, yeah. All right. Cool. This is all I've been looking forward to, man. Fucking work. Oh, wow. Work is for jerks. It's <sighs> true. They got a tomorrow off. Right on. Yeah, you're going to need it. Oh, yeah. So uh, you you kill that bottle of champagne as uh, as directed. So I didn't do champagne. I've oh. been doing. Uh, I did Alex Drake. So I've done two Alex Drakes. Uh huh. Um, keep going. Just diving into my third as we speak. Do you have like a fourth like on cue or? Well, I have the 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 bottle and the lemonade. Okay, so you're just gonna make it right there. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. <laughs> See, I would have figured you'd be champagne tonight. I know you like champagne, but. I do, but I just, I don't know. Not feeling Whenever it. we, whatever the last Ed Cannon was, I did champagne because I don't think I had anything else. So my problem with champagne is I feel like I'm just burping the whole podcast, you know? Well, that's why I try to mix it with something. Makes it go a little faster and oh, like, and, a, uh, like a mimosa. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes it a little easier. All right. Well, it's 11 o'clock. Shall we begin? Might as well. Hi, uh, welcome to Headcanon. I'm James. And I'm Marco. Are you? Let's find out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll be James. Hi, I'm James. Hmm. I'm Marco. Yeah. Work it. Who is Marco Sparks? Tell us. Who is? Well, we'll get to that question eventually. Uh, This this podcast is our kind of New Year's Eve holiday party. Yes. There's some imbibing. Mm-hmm. There's some mm-hmm. partying. There is no movie that we're going to discuss tonight, at least no singular movie. Um, discuss all the movies. We have a variety of questions from our lovely listeners, as well as some questions that I made up just to kind of, you know, get the juices flowing, which mm-hmm. I think most people have asked, like, except for like one or two of these. Yeah. Sorry, I have a soundboard too. Oh, wow. You got the soundboard going. <laughs> Do you have, oh, you know, I wanted to get a. Oh, I heard that. Yeah, I wa- yeah, I wanted to get one of those, but I couldn't find one at the God, store. It's gonna suck for the listeners' ears. Oh yeah, guys, I just if you if you send in questions, thank you so much. I need this to be great because I canceled pretty good plans for this. Oh I really? Don't, I don't wow. regret it. I don't regret it, but wow. let's get, let's get start crazy. out like I, I canceled some good plans to be here to, mm-hmm. to make it good. Yeah, <laughs> no pressure. I had to get my shots in before 2018 is over on our on our mm. listener base. Well, how should uh, we start this off? You tell me. This is your party. You're the host. It is, as I say, your party. Um, well, 
I uh, kind of came up with some general questions and topics for us to discuss. The likes of which were echoed in at least some of our tweets. Um, so Wild and Out Adventure asked for our uh, best of like top list for movies and TV for 2018 and what we're looking forward to. We'll mm-hmm. get to that all in time. Do you want to start with uh, favorite movies? Are we going by your your list? What do you mean my list? Well, people asked for like our top lists and then you said only three. You know, I, I endeavored it to be only three, but I assume you have more, and that's fine. I have some honorable mentions. Oh, go in your honorable mentions. What's your, I guess, I guess I just wanted to mention a couple, but uh, by all means, what's yours? Should I just do them all at once here? Yeah, why not? All right. Um. So, I mean, in this, like, I want to stress, this is, like, favorite three, like, these movies, like if I was making a best of list, it would probably be different. Mm. Um, so, you know, like uh, like Roma, for example. I finally like relented and watched that on Netflix, even though I wanted to see it in the theater. Mm-hmm. That's a, a a beautiful artistic movie. I would put it on a best of. I wouldn't necessarily put it on a favorite of. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Did you watch that by any chance? I've watched like the first fifteen minutes, and I was like, you it's, know, I want to, I want to have the full time to sit down and watch it. It's like go. a work of staggering genius that I don't necessarily want to watch again. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. So my favorite three movies, of course, leading off with uh, the favorite. Oh wait, no, we're doing honorable mentions though. You're doing right. honorable mentions. Yeah. Well, forget I just said that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> you just take a step. <laughs> I just hope you're keeping up. <laughs> I'm doing my best. <laughs> also, I feel I should just apologize in advance. I've been listening to an audiobook of uh, Pride and Prejudice all day, so if my vocabulary gets a bit uh, hoity-toity, you can blame that on the audiobook. Oh, I hope it goes. Mm-hmm. I, I hope it's so flowery. It's a lot of uh, I find this uh, approbation very agreeable. Yeah, how salacious! Mm-hmm. Oh, the felicity! Yeah. All right. Honorable mentions. Um, by no means. Uh, can't even think of the word, but uh, <laughs> exhaustive. Yeah, by no means exhaustive. Pardon my uh, <laughs> vocabulary, <laughs> my extensive vocabulary. Okay, so eighth grade. Nice. Annihilation. Ooh, nice. Hereditary, just uh, just a Ooh. singular film experience in the theater. Um, <laughs> I'll because you like getting punched in the nuts and the soul at the same time. I, I just like being terrified. Yeah, Isle of Dogs. Um, hmm. I feel like that movie came and went. I don't know. It was. I totally forgot. I like I like the vibe of it. Um, Black Panther. Oh yeah. Game Night, which I feel like was like a lot better movie than it uh, like really gets credit for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Paddington Two. Okay, well, one of these I'm very surprised is in your honorables. Which one? I guess we'll get into it. Um, okay. My my honorables actually. I guess this will be where the crisscross is. Uh, the favorite, which I've now seen three times. In your honorables? It's in my honorables. Wow. Well, three is tough, especially going across the board of all the genres. You're like, I saw, this, I saw this movie three times in the theater. It's not my favorite. I know. Well, you know, so in every time I like zero in on something better or new that I missed, uh, this third time I was cackling at... Uh, it's the second time that Rachel Weiss talks to Emma Stone, and she's like, I always liked your father. He had charm to burn. Quite literally so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Annihilation, for sure. Mm-hmm. 
making my honorable kind of surprised me. Phantom, Phantom Thread, which I guess is technically a twenty seventeen. Uh, yeah, see, I, I count that as twenty seventeen. But I saw it this year. I think I saw sure, it with sure. you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I Lady would, Bird. I would, you know, if I were to like travel back in time, I'd put like Lady Bird and Phantom Thread in last year's list. Yeah, I'm gonna throw Lady Bird and Phantom Thread in here. This though, uh, eighth grade for sure. Um, which I always want to talk about, like. The the detail I love from the almost the very beginning of that movie is every time she looks over at the stupid boy that's like her crush, and like the soundtrack drops out and that weird like techno riff comes in, <laughs> always cracks me up. Uh, game night for sure. Like I just want one movie of game night's quality, of game night's caliber each month in the theaters, and then the whole movie thing is justified. Sorry to bother you, which I just saw like a week ago. It's not bad. Um, Thoroughbreds, which is another like it's 2017, but I saw it this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw that this year. Was that 2017? I think it was probably squeezed into the very end of 2017. Huh, okay. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I saw it like in March. Um, Ingrid Goes West. And uh, oh, that was 2017. Madeline. Oh, was it? Well, I yeah. saw it this year. Fuck it. I'm all off. What was your last movie there? Uh, a movie called Madeline's Madeline, Madeline's which is Madeline. a little indie, indie movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm very curious as to what your favorite three movies are. Mine are just fucking basic. Okay, dude, be basic AF. I mean, obviously the favorite. Um, as as mentioned on the podcast previously, previously that movie is just my jam. Uh, mm-hmm. I've only seen it once. Uh, I should probably go see it again. I keep every time I look at the uh, like a local list scenes, it's just like Aquaman, Bumblebee, and I'm just like yawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should go see that movie again. Emma Stone, great. Uh, Emma Stone's great. Rachel Weiss is great. Like, the question of what the fuck does affection look like if you're a person in power and you're so isolated is so intriguing to me. So that's why I always watch it, like, slightly differently, I guess. Hmm. Each time. I'm just watching it for Lord Harley, man. <laughs> All right. Turn off the tears. Good night. <laughs> Nicholas Holt is so good in that movie. He's so weird and so good. Oh, I will get to him. Yeah. So uh, number two, and this is basic as fuck, but Avengers Infinity War. I mean, it's not like the most amazing movie ever made, but I feel like the, you know, spoiler alert, the vaporizing of like half the characters. It was like mm-hmm. you can you can only do that once in, in kind of popular culture. You know, it's just like this was the moment that they could do it, you know, like the Luke, I am my father thing, or I'm your father. Like you do that. And then like any, anyone else does it and it doesn't have the same impact. I like, obviously we're, they're going to resurrect everyone, whatever. That doesn't really matter. But like, it was neat to be in the theater for that. So a lot of the questions we got from listeners, cause this is basically a PLL podcast was recast this thing or, or uh-huh. redo this thing with like PLL characters. I'm kind of stunned that we didn't get the question of like, which PLL villain did the snap and like <laughs> which PLL characters disappeared. We've gotten that on Twitter before. So have we? Yeah. Who, who does the, uh, like Mr. Hastings, I don't feel so good. Who does that? Oh, the PLL crew. I mean, wouldn't that be Arya? Although, can you snap? Like, will, you know, will Arya allow herself to be snapped out of existence? She would not. Although, if you're if you're kind of comparing it to the Avengers, like where like the original six like maintained, mm-hmm. I don't think the liars would disappear. It would have to be people Ezra? connected to them. Um, no, who who would that be? Caleb, maybe. Mister Hastings, I don't feel so good. He just floats oh, yeah. away. Oh shit! The only 
The only good thing about if Arya were to float away in the dust is if like the feather earrings somehow survived or the one feather earring and it just kind of slowly floated into like Ezra's hand. Mm. And he just like blubbering crying. Did, for did you minutes. watch that clip of him on that uh, Chicago Med show? I have not seen it yet. Is he falling in Harding? He's just like, um, I lost my wife. I told her we shouldn't oh. have kids. Is he widowed? Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Like, wife died in childbirth. Baby has a heart condition. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Woof. <laughs> All right. What are your favorite three movies? Uh, uh, I've probably seen this movie. It's one of the movies I've seen the most in this year. So, Paddington 2. Uh, the ending of that is... It's it's like the Voight Camp test. It's how you tell if you're alive. Though this last time I rewatched it for friend last week, um, friend. the line that cracked me up that I had forgotten about was, "I'm dumped. I think you'll find that you're dumped, Tony," which cracked me up. Um, Mission Impossible Fallout was my number two. Mm. It's just a really solid fucking movie, and it's how you make it more than just another entry, like in an action movie franchise. You like just text. remind me that I, I never said my third movie, which is Mission Impossible Fallout. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, yeah. KF. It's just, I mean, it's just a really fucking good action movie. You know, I, I don't know how else to describe it. It's fun to watch. You made me remember that I didn't include Black Panther in my honorable mentions, which I want to. Um, not that I have anything against Infinity War. I rewatched that the other day, and that movie just fucking moves. It moves so much better for me, like on the second viewing than it did in the theater. But obviously, Black Panther is important in a very different way. Um, and my number one, I don't think it's a shock to anyone who's who knows me. Can you guess what my number one is? Uh, it's gonna be that that fucking movie you tweet about all the time. Um, it's gonna be that fucking called? movie I tweet about all the time. What's it called? Um, let me see if I can remember. Oh, this is such. It's like nice. starts with an S, right? What an affectation! Oh, geez, I can't remember Solipsism. your silly, your silly little movie. No, I, I, I literally like I know what movie you're you're talking about, but I can't recall the exact name right now. Oh boy, mm-hmm. Suspiria. Suspiria. There you go. Yeah, I was just Suspiria. about to say that. Um, it's an incredible movie. About like it's vampires probably... or something. Wow, really? You think it's about vampires? I don't know. I have no idea. There's like dancing or something. I never watched about, the trailer. You think it's about dancing vampires? I had no idea. Well, I mean, just let's let's ponder that out. What having not seen the trailer, having only I guess seen me talk about it, with, forgetting the title. What do you what do you think is the plot of the dancing vampire movie? I have no fucking clue. Can I you guess it's in the movie? No, I can't. Okay, well, it's a movie about dancing vampires. There you mm-hmm. go. <laughs> oh, this is already great. <laughs> So why uh, why Mission Impossible Fallout for you? I just thought it was a really really solid action movie. Um, stunt work isn't always something that impresses me. I think it was not only like the stunts that were done, but the way they were shot. I think was mm-hmm. just kind of exhilarating. Um, just the fact that they're actually on location in so many shots. Like there's so many cool shots of Paris. Like even where he's just like it's like. Uh, what's her face uh rebecca ferguson is like following him through these like arcades in paris and like there's this really cool like long shot of the like her like with him in the background and whatnot and they step over underneath some trees like i just really like it's like it's good filmmaking from a director who's not just trying to make like fast seven or fast eight or whatever you know mm. it's like somebody who's actually like it's it's like yes they're making an action movie but it doesn't mean they're going to like half-ass it like they're gonna make a good movie. It reminds me a little bit of uh, 
when like Rusty says to Danny Ocean, like, all right, why are we doing this heist? Never mind that we can. Like, why are we doing this heist? And like the uh, the Halo jump, it, it like it really tells an important aspect of that story. And those two characters in particular, to have a single one take of them both jumping out of an airplane and like plummeting, you know, down to Paris. Um, it's not just like thrilling and like like a fucking spectacle, but like it really is important to the story. Yeah, it's not just like oh my god, they did it in one shot, but it's like. Not only do they do it in one shot, but it's like a really compelling shot, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, you forgot to breathe for like three minutes while watching it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, just a fun movie. And, you know, it's got the ripped off Dark Knight soundtrack. That doesn't hurt it. It's a great soundtrack. All right. Shall we uh, talk great about story. TV shows? Yeah. When do you want to get into people's questions? I'll get to it. I mean, I don't know. Do you want me to like mix them in or? Why don't we mix it up? Well, because some people have asked us questions about various things that I had already queued up anyways. So, so we'll skip those. All right. What are we skipping? The ones that are <laughs> queued up to the questions you've already asked. Oh, let, well, why don't we just work through these? Because uh, I've got a linear list here, and I think my brain needs that right now. Okay, man. It's your uh, party. Yeah. Oops, sorry. Oh, soundboard. It was, but it's cheap and it wants to play ads during it. So fuck oh, it. Oh, fuck that. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> exactly. So uh, Wild and Out and Adventure also one of our favorite uh, TV shows for 2018. I uh, I feel deficient in this area. I have like maybe an honorable mention and three favorite TV shows. I don't know about you. This was tough because it's a little bit the way the prestige and the cable and, and the internet and all that shit works. The downside to like 12 episodes or 10 episodes of a show a year or every year and a half is I forget that I've watched some of these shows this year. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess for me, like this was the year I moved to L.A. to ostensibly try to uh, move into the the industry. And I also stopped watching (laughs) TV. (laughs) I barely watched anything this year. Interesting, interesting little drop of your situation. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's your honorable mention? Uh, the Good Place, which I haven't even watched the current season of. I'm like on season two, but I enjoy the mm-hmm. show. Okay. Interesting. All right. Uh, I would, my honorable mentions would be The Good Place as well. The new season is really intriguing. Um, the last episode is fucking fascinating. It's a, like, visually, it's the most interesting thing they've ever done and the way it ties into what they usually do. Um, struggling to remember other shows for my honorable mentions. I really enjoyed season two of Glow, which oh, you I watched season show? one. I do. I watched season one and it was it was good. And then season two was a lot better. Um, and the last one I'm going to mention is obviously it's not a show without flaws because it has many. But when it was on, I really enjoyed it and I looked forward to each episode. And that's Westworld. Oh yeah, that show. That's yeah, fun. that show. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, should I just blow through my top three here? If you want to blow my, through it, my blow fa- it. favorite three, favorite spelled with a U, of course. Um, so the center. I mean, this is really just the center season one, which I really enjoyed. So mm-hmm. I'm still trying to work my way through season two, but um, yeah, what a what a great first season. I really, I didn't feel like there was a lot of extra fat on those bones, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Venture Brothers. Just always mm. delivers for me. Um, I don't know. It's been like two years since the last season or something. It's just 
very satisfying show to watch. And uh, that's right, that was this year. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I know. I think there wasn't there like an Archer this year too. I'm so behind on that show. Uh, was that the Danger Island? Maybe. Bleh. Yeah. Archer's and, ready to end. Yeah, probably. Um. Anyways, uh, number one obviously is you. Hmm. Just uh, just such a fun show. I wasn't expecting that much from it, but I feel like this is one of the few shows that I saw this year that like knew how to be a TV show and not just like content, you know? Mm. Mm. All right. What do you got? It's a very thought out list. Uh, let me also add, cause I totally forgot um, to my honorable mention venture bros. Cause thank you for reminding me that that played this year and American Vandal, which is a show that I like binge two seasons. I, I keep, of that's like a, a show that's on my list that I want to watch, but I haven't watched it yet. Um, I think based on the characters, the first episode or two might be a little bit rough for you, but I think at a certain point it'll reach this equilibrium that you enjoy, especially, I mean, not too many spoilers when they get to the house party playback, I think you'll really appreciate it. Uh, so my number three would be killing Eve. It's a show that I didn't expect very much from and was fascinating. And like what, a the way you would describe you, I would describe Killing Eve, but like double. I mean, the way it just like sucks you in. Well, you know, I watched so the pilot to that show. Um, mm-hmm. I was absolutely fascinated by the assassin. And I mm-hmm. can't put my finger on what the, what this is from. Like what has given me this opinion. Maybe it's just sideways. But like for some reason, I've never really liked uh, Sandra Oh. Mm-hmm. And so, like that half of the show, I'm just like tolerating. Like, eventually, I'll watch the rest of it. But like, you know, apologies to Sandra O. Oh, I just like there's something about her character I just like am not into. So, what is your exposure to Sandra O? Oh? Like Grey's Anatomy, which you've never seen, I'm sure, and Sideways. It's got to be Sideways. Like, there's just something like just seeing her on screen. I was just like, oh, her. Oh yeah, she had sex with Thomas Hayden Church. I remember her. Yeah. Um, she is, she's fine in that first episode, but she becomes kind of the audience proxy. Like we're just kind of absorbed into how fascinating Villanelle is through her. Um, which is why the last episode is still like on a lot of people's minds. Mm. Uh, what was on number three? Number two is of course the center. Mm. Uh, I think season two is a lot better than season one and I enjoyed really? season one just fine. Yeah. Just a fucking kid, man. I'm just like, yeah, it's under the chair. I don't care. That's cool. I mean, uh, can I share two words with you? Sure. Carrie Coon. Oh, I'm aware she's in the show, but it's it's the cult thing. I'm not into cults. Uh, I feel like you're you're sidestepping the big fuck rock. Um, big and last fuck but not rock. least is is you. Uh, you Ooh. is an intriguing. I mean, were you were you shocked? Like you is such an interesting show in that there's not a whole lot going on there, but it's so fascinating. It's so absorbing. Um, I would have never thought that I would be like rooting for the Penn Badgley character, especially, but <laughs> I think that's kind of the brilliance of the show is that, uh, Bex is horrible <laughs> and it's like, I, I root for them to be together possibly because that's what Joe desires. I don't know. But like, again, I fucking cheered that episode when they got back together after poor Karen Minty departed the scene. Um, I mean, it really called to mind reading Lolita, where it's like, I'm uncomfortable identifying with the uh, the narrator, the, the, the you know, perspective, mm-hmm. but I do, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, because, well, and I think to, to be in any kind of adult relationship, 
doesn't necessarily mean you have to misbehave, but there's probably something perverted or weird or wrong about you in some regard. And that's something that people can share. And it's part of the private life of adults. And it's like, it's that stretch kind of like Lolita. It's that like taking a step further. Um, I am so worried that season two will just fall so short. Yeah, like it seems like season one is too good for season two to be I mean, even I think, half as good. I think one of the things I liked about it is it was willing to not put any particular character on a pedestal. You know, it was it was okay with some nuance and some kind of some dirtiness, which fascinates me. You like it because it's from the same lady who did the magicians. Really? Well, what happened yeah. with the magicians then? I don't know. You just didn't like it, right? I I'm just, sure you've got some takes. You know, hot, right? I, 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 my hot take is that I really, I actually like the books, um, and I feel like the it was a the the show feels to me like watching a show from people who think they're better than the books. Mm-hmm. Do with that mm-hmm. opinion what you will. Um, and I feel like we should institute something where people take a shot every time you have a hot take. Isn't this whole podcast hot takes? This whole podcast is designed to be like the uh, Ben James the Power Hour. So <laughs> don't drink mm. as much as we are. You'll be dead. Mm. <laughs> All right. Uh, album of the year. I only did album and not albums because it didn't listen to that many albums this year. I don't know if you have more. Feel free. I just don't absorb albums in the same way as I used to. You know what I mean? Because of the Internet and because iTunes and what have you. So, I mean, I guess the metric album oh, see, is like boring because I picked the same thing. Is it boring though? Cause we're simpatico. Is that upset yeah. you? No, it doesn't upset me. I don't know. I mean, churches was probably a close second. I just thought the metric album was like tighter as an album. And I mean, like I just, I kind of made myself listen to the metric album, like an album, you know, like I had, the I think CD it just worked better as an album, like for yeah. indefinable yeah. reasons. Yeah. Like, you know, I, pretty sure I downloaded all the songs from the church's album and, and other albums, but it's like, I just didn't listen to them the same way. I listened to them cut up. Other things were in between them, you know, mixing and matching and just random shuffle and shit. But the metric album, I listened to straight through a lot. Yeah. I mean, I, I did listen to the church's album, like front to back a lot. I actually like that song, that whole album's like weirdly like connected in my mind with the book seventies because I listened mm. to it a lot while reading that book. And so I just think of like, you know, the end of the world. But uh, I just think the Metric album is a better album. I mean, I like the Church's one, but yeah, Art of Doubt by Metric. It's just really fucking solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, as far as honorable mentions, I mean, I just didn't listen to that many albums this year. So like Churches and Death Cab, although I feel like the Death Cab album is really just like a few songs. And I mean, the rest of it's fine, but it's not great, you know. <laughs> Didn't somebody ask us? We've got some Death, Death Cab questions coming, yeah. All right. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about upcoming trailers. Do you have any thoughts on any of these? I can't remember what I put in the email. You said upcoming trailers. Okay. Well, do you have any thoughts on any upcoming trailers? I mean, the the big trailer on my mind of like trailers of capital T is us. Okay. Yeah. That wasn't even on my list, but yeah. Uh, I find it very intriguing. I mean, a home invasion thriller like people attacking a family is very interesting. Well, not interesting. I take the back. It's very interesting when like the people invading are the family, like some kind of weird, darked up, fuck, fucked up version. The trailer is so interesting because it's like 
as it plays out, you feel like you can get a sense of this movie. Okay, the family's in the car and they're talking about this song. We get the sense of the family, and they're meeting with their friends, including Elizabeth Moss at the beach, and they retire back to the house for the night, and then people attack them. But then there's like shit that seemingly would be later in the movie that's at those same sequences or those same locations. Um, well, you know, the presence of Elizabeth Moss really reminds me of, um, uh, what was the name of that movie with her and those indie dudes? Whereas like, they oh, like uh, encounter doubles themselves. The one I love. The one I love. Yeah. Yeah. It made me think of like a really fucked up twisted version of that. Uh, that's a movie I enjoyed. I'm, I don't think you enjoyed it as much as I did, but like, yeah, I mean, it seems like it's a very similar premise in some regards. In a very different uh, way, yeah. The the Duplass Bros and like Ted Danson's in there, yeah. The one I love from I don't know, like four years ago. Go check it out. That's a good movie. Yeah. Don't don't read too much about what it's about. Just go watch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I guess the the theme of my thoughts on upcoming trailers is that like in movies I've seen recently, I feel like I keep seeing a lot of the same trailers, and it's mm-hmm. like holy shit, twenty nineteen is gonna be like a fucking bleak year for movies in the first half of the year. The, the 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 trailer that's been playing every single time I've gone to see the favorite was a movie called The Aftermath. Have you seen this trailer? No, I don't think so. It looks it looks dumb to me. Uh, it's a it's set like right after World War II, so you know like we've invaded um, Germany, we're taking over everything. It's basically this like smoldering love affair between Alexander Skarsgård and Kira Knightley. She's mm. she's married to Jason Clark, who's like a you know somebody in the U.S. military. And uh, she's being reunited. She's being brought to Germany to be reunited for her husband. They're basically uh, taking over Skarsgård's like German mansion. Um, he's being kicked out, but like Jason Clark and his infinite kindness allows like Skarsgård stay. He's like a scientist or something. Allows him to stay with his young children and basically be like their butler. This doesn't even sound like a real movie. And like you find out, of course, that like you know his wife was killed in the fire bombings, and he's got some anger about that, as you would. But of course, like eventually, like there's this flirtation that builds to him and Keira Knightley. They even do that thing that we don't see as much in movies, where like they're passing each other on the stairs, like acting like they don't see each other, but like their their fingers touched briefly. Mm-hmm. But it's just like you have two people who are so infinitely fuckable, and then you have Jason Clark. <laughs> so get it, Keira Knightley. All right. Uh, well, the the trailers I keep seeing and like seemingly every movie I go to see um, breakthrough. Have you seen that trailer? No, what's that? It's like this fucking Christian movie or like this Ooh. like kid falls through the ice on like a lake. Okay. Nice. Um, and like he's in a coma and it's a lot of like doctors are saying he's going to be dead, but this lady's going to pray a lot and he's going to live. You know, it's like the worst trailer we've ever seen. Um, a dog's way home. All right. That's enough of that. The dog's way home. Like, isn't the whole movie in that trailer? I feel so insulted by that trailer. It's like, it's all, it's an insult to your intelligence. Like the whole fucking movies in that trailer. Um, Artemis Fowl, which I don't know. I've never read the book. Yeah. The trailer is pretty blah. Um, and then like a bunch of fucking animated movies like Lego Movie 2, that fucking Ugly Dolls trailer, which has got to be the worst thing I've ever seen. Have you seen that trailer? I saw something I was trying to talk to you about the other day. Like it's like whatever, like the latest animated singing thing of a bunch of like musicians who do voices 
Is it where they go and like they go like where the pretty people live at the end I of the just, trailer? It's fucking like I don't know. It's like Kelly Clarkson or I don't know who the singer is, but like it's like in the middle of the song they keep going to like I guess it's like the hook. It's like can it get any better than this? And it's like yes, yes, it fucking can. Is that uh, the one where they go to the pretty people place and like one of the people like freaks out and screams and the guy's uh, like that looks like the worst movie. Greeting. Looks like the worst movie ever. Yeah. Wonder Park. That looks terrible. The Secret Life of Pets 2. That looks fucking god awful. One of the movies I went to see showed like three trailers to that movie in a row for some reason. Mm. There were like different trailers, like Mm. focusing on like a different pet. But like literally for like eight minutes in the theater, they were just like watching trailers for the shitty animated movie. God, all those movies look like they suck. Uh, Godzilla 2. That looks like it sucks. Fighting with my family. Have you seen that trailer? Mm-mm. It's like about like some kids who have like their dream is to be like in the WWE. Ooh. That Brightburn movie, which seems eh. like it seems like it, that could have been like a, a six minute short film. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like you watch the trailer and you're like, yeah, I got it. Yeah, I don't I don't need to see the movie. I, I get what you're going there for, you know. I mean, some of these movies, they're harmless bullshit that I'll never see. Like the kid would be king. I'm never gonna see that. Ah, that just, uh, yeah. Although Andy Circus's kid looks just like him. Oh, is this kid in that movie? No, he's the star. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Andy. Um, Detective Pikachu. I said I don't have a lot of take on Joe Cornish just because of. Uh, I'm not a fan of Joe Cornish. Is it Attack the Block? I keep wanting to say Attack of the Block. I think it's just Attack the Block. Which is fascinating because it's got John Boyega and, and Jodie Whittaker, and it's. So stupid. <laughs> yeah, I just I know people like that movie. I was not into it. Hello, um, Detective Pikachu. Just I I just I'm done with Ryan Reynolds. Get him out of here. Mm-hmm. Go back to Canada. You know I I find it so disingenuous though that he would do this movie just so that like he can complain about it in a Deadpool three. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, what are we looking forward to in 2019? We got asked this question by uh, I'm with Gert. Among other people, uh, what are you looking forward to next year? Uh, being more normal, less weird, and Captain Marvel. That's it. Sure. What do you got? Well, I have a really long list, so mine. Do it. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars Episode Nine, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Um, just you know the Marvel films in general. I'm sure will all be good. Uh, there's a book coming out called Fall. Or Dodge in Hell by Neil Stevenson, which I'm looking mm. forward to. Uh, I believe the sequel to that first book of Dust Book is coming out next year. Oh, good. Good. Game of Thrones, season eight. Is mm. it season eight or are they calling it like season seven part two? I'm not sure. I think it's season eight. Yeah. Uh, what do you got? The His Dark Materials TV show. Oh, yeah. Good one. Which I, I think is coming out as far as would you say it was like McAvoy as Lord Asriel? It's McAvoy and um, Ruth, Wilson? Ruth Wilson, yeah, as Azriel and Coulter, and Lynn Manuel Miranda as uh, uh, what's his face? Um, I can't think of his name right now. The guy Sam Elliott played. Oh, uh, uh, Lee Scoresby. Lee Scoresby, yeah. Like, first of all, Lynn Manuel Miranda is almost too busy. Um, wow, what a weird. Like Ruth Wilson, that sounds great, and the little girl from Logan, that sounds great. I mean, I guess McAvoy's like your poor man's Daniel Craig-ish. Eh. He doesn't have the hair, but, you know. Like, well, I mean, okay, that 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 movie, like, 
Craig and Colt Kidman were like better casting than they were allowed to be in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that movie is such a disappointment because it was really well cast and just like terrible. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, what was else was on your list? Uh, the Last of Us 2 video game. Looking mm. forward to that. That's the one where the two girls are dancing at the uh, like barn dance. The trailer. Yeah, there's been a couple different trailers for it. One of them is just like uh, Ellie like playing guitar and like covered in blood. I like that mm-hmm. one. Um, but yeah, there's another one where she's dancing and you see a little gameplay. Um, there's a TV show called Love Lovecraft Country. Oh, of Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele's production company. That sounds interesting. That's HBO. Also, I believe also HBO is um, the His Dark Materials. I think it's like an HBO co-production with BBC, if I'm not mistaken. It is, yeah. 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 Um, the Perfectionist, obviously. Looking obviously. forward to that. Um, also on HBO, Watchmen. I'm curious to oh, see yeah, Lindelof. what Lindelof has done with it. But it's like a sequel. It's... Ish. I don't think it's necessarily a sequel, but just like taking well, it's, the, it's like taking the, the concept and doing new things with it, I guess. Huh. Um, there's a uh, Liam Neeson movie called Cold Pursuit, where he's like a vengeful snowmobile driver. That looks Ooh, awesome. It, what's his character's name? It's like John Ice or something like that. John Ice. It's like some that kind seems of crazy... a little on the nose. Uh, I mean, I can Google it. Let's see Cold Pursuit here. Do some Googling. Let's do some Googling. Nels Coxman. I'm sorry. Oh, Nels Coxman. Laura Dern's in that. Also, that's Tom Bateman. And Emmy Rossum. Wow. Yeah. Um, Us, which I think. Is this the one where he also like worked with a, like, it's like, I know that horse. (laughs) I worked with that horse before. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the movie Us, which I think you mentioned, um, that I, I I don't know that trailer like it looks it makes me uncomfortable. Like I know I'm gonna see it, but I'm I like half looking forward to it and like half not looking forward to it. You know, because mm-hmm. it's just like, well, that looks fucking stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this is actually coming out or not, but theoretically, in March, there's a movie called Chaos Walking. It's supposed to oh. come out. It's like a YA movie with Daisy Ridley and, and Tom Holland. Of never letting go. Yeah. yeah. I would not be surprised if that somehow ends up on like a Netflix straight to video, but we'll see. Um, Just like, I guess in comparison to all these other shitty trailers, I kind of want to see that Alita movie now. Like I'm kind of hyped for it. Just like it doesn't look great, but it looks passable. I'm a big Rosa Salazar fan. I know you are. I wish... Her big break was not some kind of Robert Rodriguez, you know, where she's like 95% I mean, CGI. Robert role. Rodriguez is at least, he's like a competent director, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I guess. And I don't know, Cameron's producing. I don't know. We'll see. I feel like it could at least be decent. Uh, Knives Out by Ryan Johnson. Super excited mm-hmm. for that. That comes out mm-hmm. in November. It's got like an amazing cast. You can go look it up. It's a, uh, it's like a murder mystery locked room situation, which I'm a big fan of. And, uh, of course, uh, our very own trouble. I'm looking forward to that in this next year, mm. which we'll discuss later. Uh, so yeah, that is what I'm looking forward to in 2019. You know, I realized looking at this list, it's a lot of HBO on there. I guess I still kind of trust them as a brand. 
Hmm. Uh, in a way, I don't trust Netflix. Mm. Like even though I wasn't hugely into sharp objects, I feel like it at least had like a certain baseline level of quality. It was definitely yeah. Like this is a much more interesting. I mean, it's not that HBO like visually can't produce or uh, Netflix can't visually produce like prestige products. Like, but HBO, I don't know. It was it was a more interesting piece of art. So this is a question uh, from James. Uh, you're given cr- total creative control of a major franchise, uh, such as like Star <laughs> Wars, Harry Potter, the DC movies, Marvel, Jurassic Park, James Bond, Lord of the Rings, the Dark Universe, Alien, Star Trek, Terminator, Indiana Jones, etc. Uh, what franchise you you just have total creative control? What franchise do you pick? And and give me kind of like your basic five movie plan. Can we knock some of these off? Real quick, like we're just gonna cross them off the list, unless like you you chose these. Um, I, I picked I one. I mean, did you pick several or? Well, let's let's pick the ones that let's let's kick off the ones that are stupid. How about that? Like sure, Dark Universe. I don't give a shit. Yeah, no, I mean, do I? That makes much more sense to me as like a like a syndicated TV show in the nineties, <laughs> like one of those like Sam Raimi shows. At the same time, uh, it seems like it shouldn't be that hard to do the whole Dark Universe thing. They just massively failed at it. Yeah. Uh, Terminator. Uh, you know, the thing with Terminator is I, you said five movie plan. I don't see Terminator as a five movie series. I could see like three really solid movies. I just kind of feel like we already got the two movies we needed, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like, it's, it's, whatever you do next would be some variation of those three. Yeah. Um, and uh, but still, it fascinates me that they fuck those up. Like, I don't know how like, people are having a hard time like adapting Highlander. I don't think Highlander is like high art or anything, but that seems like that'd be fucking easy to do. Lord of the Rings, eh, I would, yeah, I would do the books and the story. Uh, James Bond, you got me thinking. It's very interesting how much I do like uh, Casino Royale and uh, and Quantum of Solace. Again, I'm the only person who likes Quantum of Solace. I think I feel like there's been a a re-examination of Quantum of Solace after uh, Spectre and uh, Skyfall, where it's like, ah, you know, that movie had its merits, <laughs> which it does. And I wish it wasn't like uh, it wasn't it wasn't in the, the vein of well, it could have been worse. Like, why why isn't the next movie more about Quantum? Like, why do we need Spectre? I don't know. Ugh. It should have. They should have never done something with Spectre just because they got the rights back is the problem. Yeah. But like for. Four movies that were solely about like we've got to go deeper inside of James Bond's head, which you know they very rarely ever did, and that's not necessarily a bad idea. But I don't know. I I think like having like a like a five movie plan for the James Bond movies, that's just never how those movies work, especially yeah. with the turnover and the the control, the broccoli's control. Um, Jurassic Park. Who gives a shit? I mean, seriously, who gives a shit? I just don't think uh, it ever needed to be more than a single movie. Yeah. And, and Lost World, I enjoy a lot, but that's stretching it. Like <laughs> Lost World, I enjoy the set pieces of, basically. Yeah. And then Spielberg, like, kudos, sir. Like, yeah. this is why you're great. But, like, the movie was stretching it. And Jurassic Park 3, um, DC I, shouldn't be that hard. Like, I'm not saying it's going to be as easy as the Marvel movies. I think the Marvel universe lends itself to films in this modern era a lot easier. Did you see Aquaman? No. But it shouldn't be as hard as it has been for them. And their problem is entirely starting with Zack Snyder. Well, he really got them on the wrong foot. But 
I, I, I think their problem is more than Zack Snyder. I think to some extent it's also Warner Brothers. Mm, I just yeah. don't think they know what they're doing. Well, because they, they wanted it. They didn't want to get to where they needed to be. They didn't want to start the smart way. They wanted to be at like step five. Yeah. Um, and Star Wars and Indiana Jones, I couldn't begin to fathom um, because you have some incredibly smart people who are, who are doing good work there. And who knows? I mean, who knows what the fuck the uh, Game of Thrones guys are doing or what Ryan Johnson's planning. Um, we talked a little before about this. So my idea would probably be uh, like a Harry Potter thing. And I think on one hand, I, I would have, you know, like five years ago, I would have argued that like Harry Potter movies are all about that that kind of feeling of growing up and becoming an outsider and finding something where you you belong somewhere and becoming comfortable in your own skin in the, in the world and then obviously it was about more than that when we had the fucking fantastic beasts movies which are a huge misstep so if it was grown up harry as an or and a little bit of shades of cursed child where maybe you eventually work the kids in and you go back to like Hogwarts at different times. Like Harry has to eventually go back to Hogwarts as a, as a teacher, as an under, as a teacher undercover. And um, I think there's some interesting grounds there. I, the question for me, as I've been thinking over the last few days is who, who ultimately is your villain? Like, what are you fighting? Um, Cause there's a couple of things thinking back on the cursed child that I really liked. I mean, I liked the Scorpius character. I like the idea of that scene. I don't know how much you remember that play. Us reading it, where uh, Draco and Harry had to like hash out their their differences in the kitchen. Like they like fucked up that kitchen. Um, that idea is very intriguing to me. I don't know if it's necessarily executed well there, but bringing back some of those characters and having them be a, adults who are maybe a little bit past their prime or like they peaked, like you know Ron peaked. Um, yeah, so that's that's something where I don't I don't have it necessarily fully planned out because the question is who's the villain, who are you fighting? I don't think it needs to be like spoiler Voldemort's daughter. That's that's kind of boring. Um, but I, I was I've been trying to think like who is the who is the villain for like middle age Harry Potter? And I, if you can answer that, I think stemming out of that, you have a very interesting potential series there that's worthy of five movies more so than whatever Newt Scamander's doing with Queenie and the Maga Hats and. Hmm. And fucking Johnny Depp. Yeesh. Interesting. See, if I were in control of the, the the Wizarding World franchise, I would want it back at Hogwarts, but in in like after the events of Harry Potter, but not focusing on one of Harry's kids, I guess. I would, well, I I think- would just like want to go to like a different kid and like maybe maybe Harry's kids are there in the background or his friends or whatever. But yeah, that'd be where I would focus it. I mean, it'd be interesting if you had like a race situation, you know, where like Harry's essentially passing the mantle and, and, and maybe even Harry's kids are like, like tertiary characters mm-hmm. and getting away from like the legacy vibe. That would probably be very, very smart for the a future of this. Um, I mean, I'm presuming that Warner Brothers, like they own that cinematic universe, I, right? It's, I have no idea, to be honest. Who it's not like a Lucasfilm thing where it's like, oh shit, he sold it. We I can don't do know. I mean, we want. J.K. Rowling has a fair amount of creative control, so I'm not sure exactly mm. how much leeway they have. Mm. Um, I don't know. Can, can you guess what I answered for this particular question on what I do with a major franchise? Oh, you obviously you chose DC. No, you chose Harry Potter. No. Really? Star Wars? <laughs> no, I chose the Lord of the Rings. You know me. I, I want one movie for each book in the series, so six books in all. I want it told just exactly as the books are told, where 
Frodo and Sam disappear for for all of book three, as it should be, and vice versa in book four. Um, and I want it told from the Hobbit's perspective. Maybe mm-hmm. work in some narration from the various Hobbits. Um, I think you could probably like do like a minimal Bombadil, uh, not like a crazy amount, but like you do kind of need him for the Barrow Whites. Like you'd have the score in the shower and all that. Like I just I want like a true adaptation of that series rather than doing, what we got doing the Bombadil. Yeah, I don't love Bombadil. I just feel like you need him to for how do they get away from the Barrow Whites? You know, gotcha. Uh, yeah, that's what I do, man. You know me. Uh, I was trying to remember what what was the first book called? Uh, it's like The Ring Sets Out, I think. Okay. So it would just be like Lord of the Rings, Colin, The Ring Sets Out. I mean, the I mean, these aren't like official. I think it's just like the publisher recommended them or something. But it's like it's like The Ring Sets Out, The Ring Goes South, uh, The Treason of Isengard, The Ring Goes East. Uh, the War of the Ring, and I can't remember what the last book is called, but it's yeah. I mean, they're they're like unofficial. Mm. Okay. Anyhow, uh, moving on to the next question from James. Uh, well, like uh, next, real back quick, like Marvel. I mean, I think the thing that they've set themselves up for is, I presume they need to like find the next big worthwhile like multi uh system crossover to like well, work their way through right I know they have the they're going to have the X-Men and Fantastic Four rights back I honestly as much as I was a huge fan of the X-Men as a kid I don't really see a way for them to work the mutants in very well into what they have so far cuz it just like it it made sense when you just read the X-Men comics that like oh the humans hate the mutants because like you didn't really you weren't reading the other books but with the MCU already having so established itself to bring mutants in now and humans being like oh we're still cool with iron man and captain america but we hate the mutants like why mm-hmm. <laughs> like it would it would have to be something where like actually they hate all superheroes now you know like there's no reason why i mean they could hand wave it with the, the old marvel comics because those inner universes didn't interact that much together, but mm. it it would just seem weird to, and I, I feel like just the metaphor is like, it's almost kind of thin at this point, you know, like the, this metaphor for mutants as things that people hate and fear. Like, I don't know. I, I think t- it, as time has gone on, that metaphor is less impressive than it used to be. Well, my question, even growing up reading comics was, why don't the people of New York hate Spider-Man? Like, yeah, why don't they exactly. just assume he's a mutant? Like, he's called Spider-Man, you know? It's not like he's America-Man or whatever. Like, it just sounds like he's, like, fucking... Like, he shoots webs. They don't know that that's mechanical. It just um, seems like the only way it would really work is if you had all superheroes suddenly come under suspicion. You know, like, maybe after the aftermath of Thanos or something. <laughs> Again. Yeah. After Civil War. After Thanos. But, like... Thanks to Ike Perlmutter, who's like the real Thanos, like they've done so much to like uh, build up the Inhumans for a movie that I don't know if we're ever going to really. Oh, no, we're see. not. No, they took um, that off. the really schedule. They, they that, made a TV show. A TV show. Oh, yeah. that show is shit. Um, yeah. Like, unless you're just going to bring in the mutants and be like, yeah, they're Inhumans, whatever. Because, I mean, like the X-Men, they they knew how to do like crossovers and shit in a really interesting way. Um, you, I just don't, 
think people are going to care or it's going to work to do like the secret wars or whatever as, as a big movie thing. I don't think people are going to get behind the beyonder too well. Um, yeah. and then like, uh, like the Kree scroll war. I just don't yeah. think that's Not that interesting. Anyway, so it's, like really it's like finding what, what is your, what is your, what is your destination for like a phase? Is this phase three now or is it going into phase four? I don't understand. I, I don't remember. think we're still in phase three. I have no idea. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I just I couldn't think of any particular angle that interests me for future Marvel movies. I'm sure they'll be fine, but I I don't know how they really work in the metaphor of the X Men into what mm. they're doing. Um, so anyway, next question from James. Uh, <laughs> aside from all those properties we just talked about, uh, yeah. is there a piece of fiction that you would love to see get the full franchise treatment, either in like a movie or a TV show or a video game, etc.? This is the one I struggled with the most because this is the one that like. This is my dumb party trick at parties, and I—I I don't know. Um, you and I have talked about different Dan Simmons books. I think the Hyperion novels would be an interesting show. There, there's a myriad of things happening there, so it's—it's it's kind of hard to break that down into an episodic situation. Uh, and there's almost too much. Like in book one, it's not like book one would make a uh, a season of TV. It, it's almost too large. At the same time, I don't think it necessarily works as a movie. It's almost too, too again, too big and too, too weird to really. And it's not, a, it's not a book that. I mean, it's about people go to the alien thing. There's a whole Canterbury's tale and a villain that's like made of spikes, and it's, it's a lot happening there. It's, uh, it's a very obsessive like sci-fi poetry, uh, it, and it's not a book that like really stops and like holds your hand and explains everything. It's like you get it as it goes along, and I. I don't know. It'd, it'd be a fascinating TV show. It's just, it's so hard to like, you'd have to really start like getting into each detail and like spelling it out. So like, I kind of get comfortable with that. Uh, the other thing was I was thinking about Andy Weir's Artemis would be an interesting TV show. Is that related to Artemis Fowl or is that? No, no. Artemis oh, Fowl that's a, the, uh, that's the Martian kids. guy, right? It's the Martian guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. I heard bad things about that, but sure. What about you? Um, so I think I've talked with you about the series. Uh, there's a series of books by an author called Garth Nix. Uh, hmm. uh, it's, I like, guess it's called the Abhorson series. Like dealing with like dead people or spirits. Like it's like a fantasy uh, thing with like spirits. Like necromancers. And they're like vampires, right? Charter they're like, they're like magic. Not dancing really. Vampires? Not really. No. Oh, okay. um, no. no, no dancing vampires. Um, it you? is a really fascinating kind of fantasy i guess it's it's kind of ya but not really like i think it's a little bit older like than the current you know post harry potter world um it's just a really cool series of books um, i think it would make a totally awesome video game like with the way the magic system works in it but really i think you could it's three books i think you could do four movies out of it you'd split the middle book into two um, cause the, the middle book kind of has two protagonists and I think you'd probably start with the Liriel character and then bring the Samoth character in, in book three. Um, but I, I think that would make like a really excellent fantasy series of movies. Like I, I wouldn't want to do a TV show. I feel like you could be self-contained enough to do it in movies, but uh, I would love to see something like that. I'm kind of amazed that like Netflix or Amazon or whoever hasn't like bought that series yet. Cause seemingly they're doing that with like everything. Hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, if, uh, if you're looking for an interesting YA series, it's not the deepest thing ever done, but it's just like really well-crafted fantasy. I would say is that, uh, Garth Nix, the first book is called Sabriel. 
anyway, um, so this next one, I'm very curious to see what he came up with for this. This question is also from James. Uh, pick a title for episode Star Wars Episode Nine and explain your thinking. Uh, I don't have a specific title because I was sitting oh, there. Oh, come to, on. I, I, first of all, these are all your questions to showcase you and what the things you want to talk about. So mm. climb a little bit out of my ass. Um, the problem with, with coming up with Star Wars titles is they're so, they, they're so simplistically and so weird that, I mean, like you said the other day off air, the only one you could ever really guess was Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> yeah. Um, like you would have never guessed Last Jedi. You'd never guessed The Force Awakens. Um, so I've been like racking my brain trying to think of just some generic title that would work for this last movie. And to me, that's what get, it gets at. So how interesting Last Jedi ended where, you know, it's it's not like. We, anyone's been kidnapped and we know we have to go to this base and save them or you know what I mean like we don't have to go rescue Han or what have you um, like what this next movie could be could be anything and so I don't know like what's the what's the bullshit happen? like Son of Darkness or whatever oh that's a stupid that fake it? leak Son of Darkness yeah that's not going to happen yeah that's that's dumb but like whatever the title is like completely divorced of star Wars, it's going to sound so stupid. And that's kind of the charm of these old serial titles. Like again, like the Phantom Menace is a great title. Conversely, it's also a stupid title. Um, Attack of the clones is such a generic title that works so perfectly for that silly movie. So I'm sorry. That's why I'm just not capable of coming up with a title, like with no plot details whatsoever. (laughs) All right. Well, for the record, I did not have. There you go. Yeah, I did not have any titles in mind when I proposed this question. I thought it'd be an interesting creative exercise. Um, I think you're you're looking at words like destiny or fate or balance or final or end. You know, like Mm -hmm. if this is theoretically the last of the the main saga, those are the words that come to mind. It seems like you shouldn't use the words force, last, or Jedi. Right? Mm -hmm. Because we've already used those in this trilogy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, some ideas, and and mind you, these are all bad. Uh, Well, one of them is passable. Um, So, an idea I had for episode 8, which obviously they didn't have the Knights of Ren in episode 8, so this wouldn't work, but I always like the title Enter the Knights of Ren. Uh, That wouldn't be a good title, I don't think, for like the theoretical last movie in a saga. Mm. Um. Ray from Nowhere and the Prince of Darkness. That's a little too, I don't know, wordy for a Star Wars title. Hmm. Right? Um, Champions of Fate. That's a little too generic, I feel like. Oof. Yeah. Um, so the, here's one I feel like it, I, I'd put this at least like 10% likeliness just because I feel like Star Wars fans wouldn't complain about this one. Hmm. Um, Duel of the Fates. Hmm. You can't really go wrong with that, right? Everyone would be like, oh, yeah, that works okay. You know, it's it feels like it could be for the end of the saga. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, the one I came up with, which I don't really like, but I just couldn't think of anything else, would be um, Night of Destiny, like Night with a K. Because I feel like it's ambiguous. Hmm. And it, it implies a, a, a finality. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It completes the sentence. You know, then you'd have The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi Night of Destiny. That's the full title there. Mm. Um, I have, I'm, I'm very curious to see the title they do come up with. 
I mean, a lot of the stuff out there, it's like balance of the force or, you know, stuff like that, which is like very generic, which I don't know. Who knows? I mean, the force awakens was a, a kind of bizarre title to come out with. So who knows what JJ will come up with next? I mean, you could hand someone 10 titles and the real one could be in there. And I feel like if it's a true star Wars title, like, if 11 months before the movie comes out, you're going to be like, that's dumb. That's not going to be it. I feel like if there's like an overriding principle, it seems like it's going to have to feel like a title that is wrapping something up, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like Son of Darkness just doesn't feel like the last title of a, a nine part saga. You know what I mean? Like, it, and it, it doesn't make sense, first of all, because so we're saying that like the darkness is Leia and Han, like that doesn't make any sense. You know, um, but like that just doesn't feel like the the last title of something, you know, mm-hmm. the way Return mm-hmm. of the Jedi does or Return of the King or, or something like that. You know, I mean, they don't necessarily feel like last titles to me, but I, I get what you're saying. I mean, if you told me last Jedi like a year in advance, I'd be like, that's dumb. It's the second movie in a trilogy. It's not gonna be the last Jedi. I would I would at the time I would have been like, it sounds like a great title for the last movie. Um, and that's what made it so intriguing was that the second True. movie in these three was the last Jedi. I mean, and it is just two movies away from Return of the Jedi. By the way, Happy New Year! Yeah, right back at you. Yeah. Blow we your spent, horn. Uh, we spent the crossover between 2018 and 2019 arguing over Star Wars titles. Yeah. <laughs> Happy New Year. Um, the the interesting thing though that makes it so intriguing is there is no. I mean, the Knights of Ren is just what these guys call themselves before they like bump paddle each other or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like the little fraternity. It's it's not like they're the Ren, like the Ren is is a la the Sith or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like this is their brand of the dark side. Oh, we just have no idea what they are. I guess. You yeah. Know? But it, so I, mean, I don't think it would it's work not for like last Return of the title. Ren or Wrath yeah. of the Ren. You yeah. know, it doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, we don't have any context for them, really. So it's not the same as Return of the Jedi. And I'm just so intrigued by where... I I, I think there's such an interesting litmus test um, for people, how they walked out of Last Jedi, and and what do you think the relationship between Rey and Ben Solo is? Um, Fuck. As far as, as you had to guess, like, you know, what's that that word in the title you know what i mean i don't know that ben solo really like wants to get revenge against ray maybe maybe he still wants to woo her i'll destroy her and you and everyone i will will nag her into bed yeah so oh you know kind of off topic um i was reading something recently that was kind of intrigued by do you think that Ray should have either lost or fought to a draw in her duel with Kylo Ren at the end of Force Awakens. Well, they did kind of end up in a draw, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, a little. Should bit. they have actually fought each other? I think they definitely. I, I, no, I mean, like, should she have lost the fight, or should have the the fight ended in a more kind of unambiguous draw? I guess. I. I will say having lived with that movie for a year, no, because the real fight between them is how close they got and and who Ben Solo still chooses to be or what aspects of himself he chooses to lean on is 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 the the source of combat between them. It's the letdown for her. So I don't know. I mean, plus I kinda like the idea of 
they don't actually draw lightsabers against each other in that movie because presumably they're going to in some fashion in the next one. They do in The Force Awakens. Yeah, but I mean, presumably in the third and final movie, I would assume that they draw like like laser swords on each other, right? Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Um, I don't know. It was an interesting question because I feel like I'm completely satisfied with The Force Awakens. And yet, if I were looking at like an, a whole trilogy of movies together, you could make the argument that if they made it more, more kind of obviously a draw as opposed to Ray just completely kicking his ass, it might work better for an overarching story arc. Um, I guess that there's like if you could go back and make a minor tweak, maybe just have like Kylo Ren get back on his feet at the end of oh, Force sorry. Awakens. You're talking about Force Awakens, I'm yeah, Last Jedi, yeah, Force Awakens. Uh, I guess the way I read that is he could very well have gotten back on his feet, but he was just so stunned. Like he just was like for the first time he really saw her like it was uh, an totally. her. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It's I, I, I'm fine with it the way it is. Like I, I go back and forth between like theoretically if he'd gotten back on his feet and been like, oh, he's about to attack again. And then the, like the ground splits between them that maybe might have made a little more anticipation for what's going to happen the next time they meet. But I don't know. Ultimately, I, I think it's fine how it is. Hmm. But yeah. I don't know. I, I well, saw that mentioned on like a Reddit thread, and I, I I don't think she should have lost. Like it's like, oh, Ray has to lose because you know Kylo's better or whatever. But like, it is interesting to think if you're planning like a trilogy versus a single movie, like what would be your preferred outcome? You know, the internet has so conditioned me away from wanting to think about how she should have yeah, lost yeah. or or how good he should be or how good she should be. Well, I don't uh, think it really has anything to do with like, Oh, she's not trained enough or any of that bullshit, but just like the dramatic tension of their next meeting, I guess, you know, I mean, I'm so glad that Ryan Johnson worked in the line. There's this thing inside of me and it's awake now. It's always been a part of me. Like to me, that's just like, that's the perfect hand wave to any of that but you a knight of ren how could you lose <laughs> her you know unmanned yeah uh anyway that's, that's the beauty of star wars is that's presumably like that shit that's inside of you that makes you special and that you i mean and ray comes into her own in such a more interesting way than luke skywalker did yeah well i mean luke gets a win at the end of a new hope but not necessarily against vader vader just kind of gets like sidetracked you know what it's, i mean it's not a it's not a great end for peter yeah this tie fighter just spins away no so like you're still waiting like you're you're kind of still anticipating the conflict there i don't know it was an interesting thing to think about i guess anyway let's move on I to was, the I was saying, like vader's powered up extremely between uh new hope and empire strikes back for sure yeah uh last question from james here uh pick an artist for the super bowl halftime show uh, I can tell you who the most obvious choice would be that I think of. Oh, who I can do think you of. think? Ariana Grande. Really? I guess that I, makes sense. I think she's had, you know, there's no question about it. She's had a hell of a fucking year. Like a Her hell publicists of a have, yeah. So, it just to me, it makes sense. I just don't want to see something where it's like her and like Kid Rock and like some other mediocre oh. artist like sharing a stage. You know what I mean? Like. I should, I should preface this by saying um, no one should be the, the halftime show of the Super Bowl because the NFL owners are a bunch of racist oligarchs. But like in a theoretical better world where uh, they weren't such pieces of shit, 
like who who would you want to blow out that arena? I I guess I picked three categories here, like like genre categories, you know. Okay. Um, so if you wanted to just go like like hip hop show, and mm-hmm. I realize this is like a little outdated, but I feel like this is kind of in tune with what the Super Bowl does. Please tell me that all of these, the choreography, all of these includes a point where there's a break in the song, a flag is risen, and they all kneel. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so the hip hop category would be like Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, and Eminem. And I realize they haven't probably performed together in years, but like. That's what the Super Bowl is kind of is like you go get that old act, you know. Hmm. Um, pop star, I think you go a little newer. I mean, the the crown jewel who I don't think will ever do it, but I'm sure the NFL wants is Taylor Swift. Hmm. Um, and then if you're just going for like pure arena rock, I guess it's the Killers. Like, is there a bigger like rock band? I don't even know if the Killers are like still a band right now, but like. I can't think of anyone else who's like really designed to play arenas besides them. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know what the the preferred any of these genres of NFL Super Bowl watching people is. Though I don't know that the NFL necessarily cares. I mean, half the time it's, it's like fucking Bon Jovi or something. So you I would know. say I I had to wait for the Super Bowl to be over one year to watch some whatever some show was on after the Super Bowl. And I remember sitting through Bon Jovi performance and thinking, like, do football fans like Bon Jovi? Because this wasn't like obviously wanted dead or alive era Bon Jovi. This was it's my life. It's now or never Bon Jovi. Or it'd be like Bruce Springsteen or Paul McCartney well, or yeah. Bruce Springsteen's unimpeachable. Uh, yeah, but he's still a little past his prime, you know. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Really? Uh I'm trying to think like can Paul McCartney get asses on on their feet, like cheering at his age? Yeah, I don't know. Bass is prime, maybe. I, I there's never like a smart choice. I don't know that Taylor Swift is got her same shine, you know, that she had a year ago. She just came out with like a Netflix show, I think. Yeah, but is that is that indicative of like? Is that a same crossover as like your Super Bowl audience? I still think she would be the like the number one on the on the list of you know potential NFL shows that Mm. you could have there. I I feel like they're going to get an assortment of artists. Who's the bigger pop star than her that they could get? I guess. I feel like they're going to get an assortment of artists to like cover. It's like cover some places. It's like fucking Maroon Five or something. Like yeah, it's terrible. That's a shame. But I don't know. The Killers, I feel like, are at least a band that's designed to play arenas. I mean, none of the recent stuff, but, you know, they've got enough hits that they could fill out like what's, a five song set. Excuse me. What's the temperature on, on people in like U2 now? Like, are they still upset because they gave them a free album on their, their iTunes? I think they're just old now. Okay. I think U2 had Bono had the opportunity to like swerve back and do his uh, fly persona and he just didn't. They just got old. Yeah. It's. Yeah, He's I don't like, know. I'm pretty disappointed in Bono. I feel like it's like right in the middle of the Bush years. It's like, hey, Bono, say something. And he was just like, nah. <laughs> no, he chose to sidle up to the war criminal and the son of the war criminal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel like Bono's at that age now where he's just like hitting on his daughter's friends, too. Um, well, they're at that, that was, age was now where they're like, they have like elevation partners investments and they like own part of Facebook, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. a shame. Yeah. Like, can somebody can somebody give like fifteen adrenaline shots of the stones and wheel them out? Like, are they still alive? I'm good on the stones. 
Are they still alive? Is Mick Jagger's? I guess so. Him? Somehow, yeah. <laughs> is he? Is he like got anyone pregnant lately? All right. Well, let's uh, let's switch into our Q and A here from our listeners. You got anything for us? Uh, we got a couple emails. One person emailed thirteen questions. Oh, oh my. Yeah. Let's see. Let's start at the emails here. Um, Michelle has some weird ones. Okay. Michelle, Michelle D. Uh, have you ever drank a cold glass of milk or water and felt it going down to your stomach? I suppose I have. Yes. Okay. Did you drink a lot of milk as a kid? As a kid, yeah. I feel like uh, those commercials lied to us. But I sure as fuck thought about those commercials. That's some. That was some great A marketing. It was. It was. It's, I've been drinking milk. She doesn't know me now, but she will. And it's like, a, a turns out you shouldn't those. drink that much milk. Well, also, I kind of wonder if that's a, some of the problems with with boys growing up. Like this idea that like she doesn't notice me now, but I'm entitled to her observation. And I don't know if it was entitled necessarily. I don't know. It's real, as far as toxic masculinity goes, I feel like there's other areas you could direct your ire towards other than milk. Heads. I'm just saying maybe like. I'm just going to drink this milk and focus on myself and maybe our, our stars will align later on in life. I, mean, I, feel, be a I feel like that was the message though, but it was, it was like, it was like, milk, she doesn't notice rich, me, but I'm going to work out back. That, yeah. that wasn't it. No, it was like, I'm going to work out and like, she'll notice me when I'm all jacked and ripped. Yeah. It's, it was still geared towards when she'll notice you, huh. bro. Notice yourself. Hmm. All right. Next question from Michelle. If you could watch, if you could only watch one episode of PLO or from Black or Riverdale, because what's life about torture, she says, <sighs> each for the rest of your life and nothing else, what episodes would they be? So I think she's saying you can have one from each. Uh, I'll just pass on Riverdale. I'd rather watch like a black screen. Um, I have not watched a ton of Orphan Black. If I had to pick one, it'd probably be um, I'll Be Back. Or is it Be Right Back, I think? Of Orphan Black. Yeah. I think it's called okay. Be Right Back. Well, we're not talking about Black Mirror. Orphan Black. Oh, sorry. Woo. Um, Be Right Back. No. Uh, gosh. Black Mirror. Orphan Black. Mm, you go. Uh, so it's hard for me because there's a, a string of like season four, the first few episodes where you're flashing back to... Um, not Sarah, but the original, the one that she watches die, the pilot. And I found those episodes so interesting. So one of those four. I mean, I'll probably do the pilot of Orphan Black. I just really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I, I it, It's not a show. I mean, it's so serialized. It's hard for me to say like, ooh, this one episode was great. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Like I need whatever the episode is where you had the maximum amount of like Sarah pretending to be Allison and Allison pretending uh-huh. to be Helena. You know, that's, that was the, the joy. The show. one where Sarah has to pretend to be Allison at like an election. It was, it, yeah. or maybe it was Cosima having to do it. Cosima, and she's like doing yeah. her whole, like, st- I'm going to start supporting LGBTQ matters. Yeah. yeah. That one is pretty good. <laughs> or the, the one where they have her, the, like the shitty boyfriend of Sarah, like hold up in Allison's garage. That was a pretty good one too. I just that was the one where I was like, "Holy shit, this show's amazing!" When they cut off the dude's fucking tail on the dance floor. Oh, that guy. Um, yeah. PLL. Oh, that's 
That's a tough question. Um, maybe if these dolls could talk. Okay. Hmm. Maybe, maybe the next one. I mean, I, I have a, a very soft spot in my heart for Melissa Hastings eating Arya's yogurt. I'm. It's a tie for me uh, between my beloved Rafa Khan. Because Rafa Khan is really like a, a feast of delights from that era of PLL. Are you talking about and the Wrath of Khan or Darkest Night? The Khan game. The Khan game. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're both a lot of love here, right? Yeah. The Khan game. Yeah. Um, that or maybe the second Hector Lime episode? Uh, 404, that is a good fucking episode. Yeah, that's true. I'm sure that's on yeah. my like top 10. I mean, after that, I, I mean, because it's like, I'm not going to... Uh, Khan finds it for question. Presumably, we're in some kind of good place situation where we're watching these three episodes over and over and over again. I don't know that I want to watch Shadow Play. <laughs> like yeah, that'd be a tough single episode. episode. Yeah. I don't know if I want to watch uh, Spencer crumbling on the other side of that door as Caleb begs her to let him in for the rest of my existence. So I- I'm trying to go for the joyful moments. <laughs> true, true, true. Uh, all right. Uh, what, do you, what else you got from us? Would you rather be locked in the ice cream factory freezer with Toby or with Keegan Allen? And to me, the answer to this is obvious. Uh, huh. Obvious to you, huh? I guess I would go with probably Toby. because I feel like Keegan Allen would try to like mm-hmm. advertise me a watch or something. Yeah. You know, Toby as well. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Toby. Oh, yeah, I'm doing definitely going with Toby. I mean, like, I don't need Keegan Allen taking my photo. Try to sell you some of uh, this forever land. Yeah, I I don't want to. Dude's not a bad musician, but I don't want to be stuck in a freezer with this guy and he's just like shirtless with a cat playing music. Whereas Toby, I could be like, so <laughs> Spencer and Alex, huh? What's that like? I mean,. You didn't know, but you knew, right? Bro, right? I, kn- I knew. High five. <laughs> what a weird pattern you've developed in your life. What was it like being a cop? I can't believe they let me hold a gun. Um, next question from Michelle. What TV episode or movie do you love that everyone else seems to hate? Huh. Uh, do you have any answers for that? Well, uh, the easiest one is we talked about Quantum Solace earlier. I, I enjoy that movie. Apparently, it's head of uh, it's yeah. Had a, you a do really. Respect. You're you're like captain of the bandwagon for Quantum Solace for sure. That's right. Everyone, the line starts behind me. Um, I think this is not a, an unpopular opinion anymore, but I can recall in college being the one who liked Point Break. People are like, wow. "What are you talking about? That movie sucks. That's a stupid surfing movie." And now I think everyone likes it, though. So our answers were lame to that one. Yeah. Um, uh, fifth one here from her. Which Harry Potter character could you take in a fist fight, and which would you lose to? Can I just jump in and say that I could easily kill Mrs. Norris? Okay. A cat, huh? <laughs> so, or Filch? No, I, I could take Cho for sure. No. Um, wow. 
Who could I take? Um, I feel like I could take Ron. It was me, Cho. <laughs> I was the author of all your pain. Ron, I feel like he's one of those big guys who goes down easy. You know, he's tall, but I, I could take Ron. That bitch is all talk. Yeah. Suck my balls, Ron. You're going down. I definitely like, um, what was that guy's name? Not Roger Davies, but uh, wherever the Hufflepuff kid is, who I can't recall his name. I could take that guy for sure. Colin Creevy, I'd kick that kid's ass for sure. Mm. Mm. Malfoy. I could take Malfoy. Really? Yeah. He's, he's a little guy. I mean, he's got Crime and Goyle, but without he's them. He's a little guy. He, no, he is. Like, he's he's a little guy. Crime and Goyle are, like, his little enforcers, but if they're not around. Okay. Um, But he's a little guy. Malfoy? Yeah, I'm just, just him. Like, you're not a little guy, too? I, I'm just saying it seems like it's evenly matched. Okay. Uh, I mean, like, Hermione could kick my ass. Hmm. Out. I I mean it's magic. So I, I mean, do I have magic or is this just like a fist fight? You know? Uh fist fight, she says. Yeah. I mean definitely not Harry. If Harry Harry would like fight someone with fists, you know, that would yeah, be that would be his, his inclination. Like he wouldn't think of his wand. He'd just like swing a, a punch there. But yeah, I mean, don't let the glasses fool you. That kid's a jock. Oh yeah. Um I mean, but presumably with magic, even Gilroy Lockhart could take me down. Yeah. Uh, Obliviate okay. you. Sure. Next question. Which orphan black character would you want to get drunk with? Oh, Allison, for sure. It's my OTP. Allison is like the first one that comes to my mind. And then, like, when I lean back a little bit, I think, oh shit, like, I bet Cosima or Helena would be fun. Uh, Crystal, also. Oh, she yeah, for fun. sure. I would love to hear about conspiracies of Crystal. Yeah. Um, but Helena is that like I would be in a coma from the drinking days before it ever affects. Oh, she her. she could put away a whole bottle of vodka for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Sarah would be fun too. It'd be a different kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, are tequila shots or vodka shots better? Oh, I I cannot drink tequila. I have a taste aversion to it from a bad experience, so I'll go with vodka shots. Although I don't really do shots in general. Let's talk about your bad experience. I I feel like everybody has a bad experience with tequila, or they will. Let's put it that mm. way. Okay, what's yours? Yeah. Uh, mine was uh being a certain level of drunk and thinking, oh, we're out of uh mixer drinks, but Gatorade that works with tequila, right? No, it doesn't. When was this? At a party uh, or something? Uh, this is when I love the peanut. <laughs> oh yeah, we should we should call her and get her on the podcast. That would be a delight. That'd be a, that'd be fun. I think people would really like peanut. They would. Um, like you, my first thought would be like uh, vodka shots, but then I thought, well, I think there's probably like flavored tequilas that'd be easier to down than just straight vodka i just i i want to throw up just thinking about tequila yeah i mean the only alcohol that i expressly like i passed legislation i'll stay the fuck away from it is uh jaeger really okay uh after that one night yeah true i mean i i don't think you disagree i don't think i've had jaeger since that night that's true that's right you haven't yeah (laughs) it was a bad night indeed uh, okay, there's two more from Michelle here. Would you rather be in the pouch of a kangaroo 
or have a kangaroo in your pouch, but the kangaroo is a racist. <laughs> <laughs> it's a talking kangaroo, but it's racist, huh? I don't know. Or is it talking? talking? <laughs> or is it just somehow express its uh, opinion of people of different races in other ways? Maybe it's just like wearing a MAGA hat. Oh. <laughs> I mean, if it was talking, I don't know. Maybe you could like talk back to it and like convince it otherwise. Um, Aren't like the pouches like kind of like, like slushy? Yeah, like maybe. A- I mean, I, I don't know. It'd be kind of fun to be in a kangaroo's pouch. Oh, for sure. That's where I'm leading. Yeah. Especially since the kangaroo who I'm in the pouch of isn't a racist. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, putting a MAGA hat on a kangaroo seems like an act of animal cruelty. Uh, last Call question the from SPCA on that. Yeah, in Australia. How would Michael torture you in the bad place? Oh, indeed. I, I think he'd make me watch a bunch of movies. Like, I think like me in the bad place would be like some sort of house with like a design that I don't like. And like, they're always showing movies I hate. So basically just mystery science theater 3000. Okay. Oh yeah, I guess so. <laughs> how would, how would uh, that Michael torture you? He would elect Donald Trump and uh, somehow Riverdale would be a very popular show. They're saying you're in the bad place. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah. It'd be like, I had to do a podcast on Riverdale or something. Ooh, harsh take on people who do Riverdale podcasts. Hey, nothing against the people that Shots do. I just fired. From I, I, James I don't think like if we have to, like I had to do a positive, uh, Riverdale podcast, I guess. Ooh, even harsher take. I just don't think I could be nice. I don't know. I, I commend those that can. Um, all right. So how many other emails do you have? A couple. All so right. If you want to well, let me, jump over one of yours. let me, yeah, go through some of the tweets we got here. Um, so Katie, who will finish her first draft this year, aka go, Katie? at Katie House. Well, is that 2018 or 2019, Katie? Uh, she doesn't say. That's just her Twitter handle. Hmm. She says, I'd love to hear the full story behind Benjamin Light slash James Taylor pseudonym, secret identity, adrenalized, hyper adrenalized rally. Uh, that's also seconded by ES Black and Ashley Vasta. Uh, the full story. I don't know if there's like a really an interesting story behind it. Um, the name originated when a friend I had on her MySpace blog, which tells you how, how long ago this was, uh, was saying I need a name for male character. And I came up with the name Benjamin because I like names that can be kind of modified in different ways. Um, you know, Benjamin could be Ben or Benji. And then the last name Light, there was a defensive, I think it was a cornerback or safety on the St. Louis Rams way back in the day. It was named Todd Light. And I also thought Light was like a cool last name for a character. And so that was just like in my back pocket. And so I was like, Benjamin Light, that's where the name comes from. And the reason I use that pseudonym is because I worked for a company that was very secretive. And I was paranoid about using my real name online. So I figured I'd use a pseudonym. So I used that. Hmm. And that is that is the story of Benjamin Light. It's not super interesting, but there it is. Okay. So how did you choose the name James Taylor? <laughs> I mean, because that name's obviously fake. Well, it's ungoogleable. That's how. Like you've 
pull off one mask and just another mask underneath. And mm-hmm. I think people really want to get to know the real you. That's what, if anything, we've learned from this call for questions, right? Well, I think they want to get to know us both. I mean, I think as far as, you know, that dichotomy between Benjamin Light and James Taylor, it's like that U2 music video for Hold Me, Throw Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me, where he just keeps mm-hmm. pulling off masks and identities over and over. So you're Macfisto reading screw tape letters, is that what you're saying? Yes. Somebody's got a high opinion of themselves. Cool. Cool, cool. Okay, so Caro Jones 818. Which movie, 2018 or in general, would have earned a perfect score from y'all if Nicolas Cage was the lead and or Keegan Allen? <laughs> well, obviously. <laughs> Not Mandy. Black Panther. <laughs> Who? Let's say they're both in them. Who who are they replacing? And that was a joke. Um, okay, a star is born. Okay, Nicholas okay. Cage is Jackson Maine. Is Toby is Keegan Allen uh, Allie? Yes. I'm trying to picture. I am off the deep end. I was just like, how good Shallow is with the two of them just taking it on. Can we, can we like, talk about uh, something? Never so many. Nobody, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Hey, come back. What? I just want to oh, take another look at you. Oh. <laughs> I just find her look very thorough. And pleasing. Oh, I'm Nick Cage. Oh. I just, I just want to talk about like nobody ever says this about that shallow song, but like the kind of second half of the chorus of that song totally sucks. Whoa, it was like whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. they ran out of stuff to say. So they just re- start repeating the word shallow with like extra syllables over and over again. I just feel bad for the band who, what, like how much, how much effort went into the arrangement? I mean, it's just like, guys, I'm going to bring a girl on stage tonight. This is roughly the song. I only heard it when I was drunk and like (laughs) wounded, and uh, I'm super hungover as I usually am. You know, you know how I do, guys. You know how I do. And they're just like, uh, sure. (laughs) Like the fact that that song coalesced on stage the first time as well as it did is a Damn miracle. That's just movie magic, that dude, man. That dude is a sloppy drunk. It's like in Walk the Line when like his band like out of nowhere knows what to start playing for him when he's singing Walk the Line. Yeah. Uh, I mean that's a that's a couple that has chemistry for sure, but like eh, you're not shipping it. You know what I mean? Like at the same time, I do I did feel devastated at the end. Yeah. Um, slightly more serious answer. Would the crimes of Grindelwald be any worse with Nicolas Cage as Grindelwald? That would be so intense. Oh God, that'd be so intense. It'd be something. Like if, uh, I'm trying to think where you can work in Keegan Allen that too. Um, if Keegan Allen was like the guy with like the forked tongue, he can just be Creedence. <laughs> oh shit he'd be great as credence <laughs> i just want to know who my parents are also i find you asian snake lady to be slightly problematic <laughs> i find you adequate <laughs> all right uh anthro chick aka at kiss me hardy asks i need to know more about marco's cats uh, there's I, two of them i believe that's your cue there's two of them. They're pretty cool. That's it. They put up with my shit. So what are their names? Harry and Sally. What kind of cats are they? 
Um, I guess they're Maine Coons. They're big hairy beasts. What are their, Sally is what are their personalities? Um, so when I was given Sally, I was told that she's going to be the real individual. Like you'll see her, but she's going to be doing her own thing. So like Harry's and it kind of reversed. Like Sally is pretty much always with me. He cut off there. Um, like Harry's what? Uh, I was told that Harry's going to be the more affectionate one. Like he's okay. going to be the lover who follows me around. Um, it kind of reversed. Sally pretty much follows me everywhere except when, like if she passes out in one room and I leave the room, like like just now. Um, and Harry has a very strict nap regimen, and so I think he feels left out. So I might have told the story already on the podcast. I'm sorry if I have. But like so basically when uh, he's ready for affection, like he's very aggressive because he feels like he's missing out. So like sometimes I'll be, quite frankly, taking a shit. Mm-hmm. And that's when Harry's just like, I need all of you right now. So he'll just like jump up in my lap. And so we're just just hanging out and he's just like licking my face and while you're taking uh, a shit huh well i'm trying to squeeze one out and sometimes sometimes that's okay and sometimes that's really not okay sure um yeah and they're very like they love my shower it's like a glass door shower so sally gets up on the counter and just watches me shower and harry just like slams his paws in the shower so i i take a lot faster shower than i used to i'm trying to make this i guess as boring but like as honest as i can Mm. um I'd say it's yeah. quite provocative. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, so they're they're pretty cool cats. They put up for my shit, and that is quite a fucking feat. Okay, and you know, I mean, you've met my cats. What do you think of them? They seem like nice kitties. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not like afraid of people, and I I brought them for some real cretins, and they've like warmed up to them almost immediately. Yeah, my so, my parents' cat's a little tyrant that never wants to sit in my lap. So, yeah, your your def- cats definitely get the. Uh, over them what's your parents cat's name clover okay well they're not all winners man they're not all winners yeah so to follow up something even boring more boring about the cat thing um it's always interesting as an adult like i don't really care about christmas presents as far as what people give me Hmm. but like you know when you you i don't know if you can relate this or not like when you go into the christmas season do you ever kind of like anticipate like, okay, what are people going to give me? It's like with the cats. It's like, I got the cats a few months ago. So obviously like this change in my life has been a big thing of getting this for the cats after the cats. And so it's kind of like going to Christmas. I was like, I wonder how many cat related shit people would give me, which is great. It's been wonderful. I need the cat related shit. I but feel like this is all leading up to like a backhanded compliment about the thing. I got your cats. No, they loved it. Okay. Did they? I mean, it doesn't doesn't light up, but yeah, it doesn't care. fucking they, light up. Yeah, it's a little ball. It's supposed to light up. But you know what? They're cats. They don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid cats. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, I don't usually think about what people are going to get me for Christmas. I think you know, the the true pleasure is in the giving. That being said, I I I got to be honest. I fucking cleaned up on Christmas this year. Oh yeah, go on. I think this might be like like just if if one were to rate like presents alone. Like mm-hmm. best Christmas ever. I got like wow. four I got like four video games. I never got video games as a kid for Christmas. It was like getting a single like video game would be like such a rare occurrence. I got Super Smash Brothers, I got Mario Kart, I got a couple PS4 games. Yeah. I fucking You're the, ha- You're the happiest twelve year old ever. I know. Sweet. If only I had someone to play them with. Oh. Ladies, get at this guy, huh? Yeah. Look at you. 
big lovable lug. It is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of multiplayer video games must be in want to someone to play them with. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's going to be some lucky person. <laughs> He's going to get smashed by this brother. Cool. I'm really bad at Smash Brothers. I need to practice at that. Well, you need someone to practice with. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on one second. Let me follow that up with. (laughs) Happy New Year. (laughs) Uh, Should we jump to one of the email ones? Um, sure. I've got a I've got a good loaded question next. So yeah, why don't we go to the one of the email ones first? Loaded question. Uh, This is from Catherine S. She says. Uh, I'm a fellow Buffy nerd and enjoy whenever you reference it. I'd love to hear all your thoughts on the show, but that would probably require an entirely new podcast. So I'll ask a specific question. Who are your favorite and least favorite characters? On Buffy? Yeah. Oh, I'm skipping over the the segue. I should have done like some of the video game questions that people emailed about you, but fuck it. About me? Oh, yeah, because you're the video game guy. Okay. You're just like, nah, I'm not going to ask him. I didn't think about it. <laughs> okay. It's like, fuck you, questioner. Um, I've been staring at this one for like five minutes. So that's a little bit. You know, like if you'd gone and asked me like 20 years ago or however long it was, like, who's your favorite character? Is that have been like, Xander is great. And now Ooh. I'm just like, eh. nope, nope. yeah, nope. yeah, not so much anymore. Um, I mean, Oz is still cool, right? I mean, his last episode, I feel like he just was not cool, but otherwise, he was cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to remember. Like, I is it I, hard I to play guitar? Not the way I play it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great Seth Green line. Um, I'm like playing back in my mind the details of Oz's departure in season three, and it's like his on last one hand, episode. Want- yeah. yeah. I want to be like, okay, well, you know, this is kind of a shock for him. But he also left prior to that under some shitty circumstances. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I'll excuse uh, that as just them writing him his character off, I guess, you know? Right. Well, I mean, and the thing is, Joss Whedon was the feminine, the male feminist for the 90s. <laughs> his, uh, his brand of feminism. While not fully intersectional, doesn't quite hold up in 2018. Like Xander is a fucking dirtbag on uh, introspection. I mean, I don't know if it was like he was our proxy for I'm, a while. What has it all also been like maybe four, if not more years since we've even heard from him? So Joss Whedon? Yeah. He to... tweeted something the other day that people oh, really? out about. So like, yeah, he's. Oh, yeah. I don't follow him on Twitter. So I don't know what he's. Ugh. Well, I, I just I saw the retweet and then I saw the reactions and he's at this point now where, quite honestly, he just needs to be quiet for a while and then and then quietly come back in a way that like he doesn't need to go do like a Frank Underwood, you know, video. Uh, yeah, because anyways, so basically somebody posted something about some some words and the actual definition of the word is quite, you know, skeezy towards women. And Joss Whedon responded with, oh, yeah, I love it. It means blah, blah, blah. And he's responding with like, yeah, I, I love how skeezy it actually is. And we, we don't talk about that. We don't realize it. And so people's responses were like, I bet you fucking love it. You like you, you monster, you rapist, you. I mean, this. He, he probably shouldn't be on Twitter. Yeah. 
it's like, yeah, it's like, he, you know, you're just not going to bring positive reactions. I'm, I'm assuming that you did not mean I actually love how skeezy this word is. Like I fucking adore and I worship it. I drink from it. But it's like you're you're not you're not the healthy healing figure that yeah. people need anymore. Uh, anyway, take your money and go. To focus on the question, um, I mean, I've always been a fan of Buffy. I I know there there are sometimes when TV shows like the main character kind of like the conflicts that to put her through, people end up not liking her. But I always liked Buffy. Um, she was always an entertaining character. Um, same with Willow. I mean, Cordelia was always great. Like I don't know. I'm trying to think of like characters I really didn't like. Like. In retrospect, rewatching the show, I got to be honest, I was never a fan of Tara. I never felt like she really fit in with the rest of the group. And Xander is like often uncomfortable. Those would be the, and, and Kennedy, she was, I don't know. I have, I have, I have not rewatched the seven seasons since it aired. So maybe I'd like her more now, but at the time she just kind of graded. Um, but those would be the, the main two really would be Xander and Tara, I think. Um, but you liked or disliked? Disliked. Uh, but the rest of my, more based on a modern context. Yeah, Tara at the time, and any like when I've rewatched the show recently, the, the I don't know. I just I feel like Tara was just she was just that friend who wasn't privy to all the inside jokes, and so it was mm-hmm. always like it was a little bit awkward. It wasn't like she was like a bad person or anything. It was just like, oh, right, you don't understand what we're joking about, so we're going to have to behave a little bit differently when you're around, you know? And she was always in a different wavelength, yeah. Yeah. Um, I always liked Buffy. Like like you said, there's times when she had to be uglier, or harsher, or crueler, and I think the show is always smart about making us understand her struggle. Uh, season seven was kind of a rough one for me because it's like, you fucking ungrateful bastards are all turning on her. You're also living in her house. Yeah. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Um, you it's know, like, I like Spike, except for that one moment, which is I mean, I, I kind of like to come back from. Honestly, once he gets together with Buffy, I kind of don't like Spike from there on out. Because hmm. it's it was always more interesting as like a possibility than reality, I guess. I mean, like as a kid, like I said, Batman and Catwoman were my first real close to like anything like shipping and then like like putting my finger on it it was like spuffy and so that bathroom scene was hard it was not cool it was this kind of gross thing to to witness um willow i always liked i always liked giles um yeah it's fascinating that giles goes from a guy who's like tortured in the start of the show to a guy who's really good at torture later on the show um i will say to connor on Angel, he sucked. Oh, different yeah, show, but yeah. Well, you know, Wesley was always entertaining. I mean, I disliked him, you know, and then I, I, I fucking loved him. But he was like, it's like that guy that was like kind of ridiculous that you enjoyed. Not the hugest fan of Don. Okay. Um, Faith. Uh, oh, I love Faith. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, I'll never forget, like Faith and the Zeppo. That was great. I had to shower. Get out. That was great. I got to shower. Yeah. Oh, Xander. All right. What else you got for us? Um, well, you said you had some ones you wanted to load up. I just uh, wanted to get one of the ones in there. Okay. So uh, Sarah Lloyd Slifkin, AKA at Vandermeeren. She asks, I'd love an update on trouble and any other projects you guys have in the works. And this was kind of seconded by uh, Katie who will finish her first draft this year. 
so trouble. Um, I feel confident that unless something very good or very bad happens, that people will get to see trouble in 2019. I think that would be fair to say. Hmm. Um, either, you know, like we both die and you don't get it for those reasons, or we like sign some sort of major deal where like we can't do anything with it. Cause it's like in production or something like those would be the two reasons I think why you wouldn't see it this year. Well, if, if it's really good, you won't see it for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, but most likely if, uh, we're not able to can procure publishing, um, or an agent or whatnot, uh, I think we're just going to self publish at some point during the year. Um, I'm very pleased with what we have and I would really love for people to uh, consume it and tell us what they think of it. So um, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, it's possible that uh, we'll sign something with someone and you might not see for a while, but uh, otherwise I'd say before the end of the year um, it's so I, I should say also it's, it started out as a TV pilot. It turned into a novel and uh, theoretically it will be published as a novel this year, one way or the other. Which is kind of meta. Yeah. Uh, also, <laughs> can I make this a little more tantalizing for people? Sure. The book's done. Oh, yeah, it's done. It's sitting there. I mean, um, every so, so often I have the, like... the faint desire to go make a minor tweak to it. But, yeah, it's pretty much done. It's been tweaked enough. It's had, like, three revisions to it, so. Yeah, I'd really love for people to read it because um, I don't know. There's a part of me that's like still wants to go back and tweak it, but another part that's just like I'm done. I'm just I gotta stop. I'm done with it. And just put it out there, you know. Well, in in kind of meta about the whole TV industry, like a lot of the feedback we got from people was that right now the networks aren't looking for high school driven shows or, mm. or teenage driven shows they're looking for like adult fair college or older which i think is stupid but um that was one of the things where it was like we were told like you know you just it's the wrong climate and i think when people read it they'll realize that we were right and this is the thing that should have been on tv <laughs> i mean i think there's always a market for teen shows personally because I know but, somebody asked at some point, either in the emails or on Twitter, like, what draws you to, to teen fiction? And oh, we're getting there, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think trouble is like the uh, it's the graduate thesis on that. But yeah, I mean, if uh, I mean, if uh, theoretically we do release or self-publish trouble, we'll probably do some podcasts about it, just you know, to, to hype some sales and whatnot, uh, so we can go into more detail then. But uh, it started as a TV pilot and people are like, this was cool. This is cool. Uh, Hollywood wants known properties. So you should write a book out of it and and then publish the book and then you can sell it as a TV property. So, well, and, and, and that's, you know, there wasn't, there was good advice in that. It's because yeah. you have a little more control. You have a little more ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So trouble in 2019. Exactly. The cats love that. Oh, I'm sure they, they do. They just love it. Uh, the new fringe asks, I just want to know if y'all had a good holiday. Uh, I think I covered that with all the presents I got. Uh, what about you, Marco? I had a great holiday. Thank you. All right. What about you? 
Oh yeah, it was good. You know, nice to see the family. I didn't think I was going to have Christmas off and then I unexpectedly did. So that was fun. Yeah. You were up North a lot in the last, with the Thanksgiving and the dentist and then the Christmas. Yeah. Well, I mean, the pain in the ass was the dentist appointment. Like I had wanted to schedule that on one of those other days I would be up, but it just didn't work out that way. So I had to mm-hmm. drive up just to go to a dentist appointment. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, Jana, aka at Jana Mansori, uh, she has a couple questions here. I just want to know what about the teenage world is so fascinating to you guys? I'm about the same age as you, and I asked my husband to watch something like PLL, and he might divorce me. So, let me ask you first: How would you address the issue of of Jana's husband? Uh, How could I, she pitch this show to him? Fix their marriage, Ben James. Yo, fix their marriage. It's on the line here. It's, it's, it's line. just James. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think some people are just going to be more into it than others. I, I, I think that the teenage, like high school years, are just more interesting dramatically than a lot of other years of people's lives. It's just so it's so heightened. You know, it's such a pot boiler of drama to be in this kind of luminal state where you have some agency, but not like total control of your life. You have to, you know, go to school every day, that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. I just think it's a really interesting dramatic period uh, where the melodrama is just like sky high. Huh? I, I think we've answered this. I feel like sometime recently, or maybe we we're talking about the, the perfectionist. And I think I use the word heightened too much. Um, teenage years, you're starting to come become really self-aware. I mean, like everything you said, you're starting to become really self-aware. There's this drama. Everything feels like it's life or death. Also teen fiction, uh, like the kind of teen fiction that we enjoy, like that teen pulp fiction, which is, you know, crossover of PLL or it's entirely where trouble lives is entirely this arena of oppositions and understanding not so much of who you are and what you're against or what is out there against you more importantly, but it's not about like vanquishing your enemies. It's about like living with those oppositions at times too. And the, all the drama that spews out of that. Um, the only thing I can say about PLL is I think we've made the comment on the bros watch PLO two podcast, which you might've heard of that every woman should listen or watch PLL, but like really every guy should too. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think in general, I think the kind of high school world is less, you could, you could say it's less nuanced, but more like elemental, I guess. Mm. Not yeah. that there isn't nuance there too, as well. Uh, Jan- I mean, but, but if, someone, if someone's ever liked the Hitchcock movie, they'll like PLO or if they've ever liked other kinds of movies. So I just watch the first two episodes, see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I guess I would just say embrace the, the teen factor, like embrace the guilty pleasure nature of it. I think you'll find that you stop being guilty eventually. Um, yeah. Jan also asks, um, fuck, Mary kill future liars when age appropriate. I feel like we get asked this question a lot. Um, There's four of them though. I mean, you could expand it to six maybe. Well, I don't think Emily's interested in us. So yeah, that's true. Um, Ooh, this is tough. I'm going to say, ooh, guys, this is like ripping off. It's like like choosing. Do I rip off one of my arms or one of my legs? Um, I'm going to say K 
kill Hannah. Oh, damn! And then it's it's uh, it's uh, oh god, this, there's no way I come out good in this. <laughs> it's it's either way on the other two. <laughs> oh yeah, go on. Right? I mean, do you disagree, sir? I mean, there's all the Mona factor. Oh well, I mean, all all in on Mona. Fuck Mary, kill Mona, all of it, all at once. I just want to go down in the miasma of the vortex of Mona. I mean, I think we're talking about the characters, too, right? Yeah. Like, who would these characters be? As I don't know, like late twenty well, we somethings, them. you know? We see them in you know towards the end of PLL yeah. there, so I presume that's age appropriate. I mean, we're in our mid thirties, so it's just expected for some reason that we date girls in our twenties rather than girls who are our age, right? <laughs> sure. <yeah. laughs> Isn't that how the fucking fucked up system works? Uh, there was some article in Rolling Stone I remember about like that piece of shit movie, The Island, with Ewan McGregor. Like, they cast Ewan McGregor, and they were like trying to figure out who the female lead would be, and they were like doing the formula, and it was like, well, he's in his mid thirties, so you can't have an actress in her thirties; she has to be in her twenties. Like, <laughs> They're like, we can way. go as low as twenty-two. <laughs> yeah, so it was like obviously it's going to be the number one Asian actress in the world, ScarJo, <laughs> beating out Emma Stone. Um, yeah, number two. So, 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 who do you have for uh, fucking Mary? Of of the three core liars, excluding Emily, it's 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 either or on uh, Spencer or Arya. Either or, huh? No, you gotta you gotta answer that question. Go on, you gotta you gotta pick one. Um, man, you're really beating me to death here. I guess I would marry Spencer. And uh, bed down of Batwing's Arya. Huh, okay. See, I think I would marry Hannah. I just think she'd be like an amazing wife. Really? Why is that? Why would you wife her? I mean, she's like such a good girlfriend. Like she's so loyal and dependable and kind of like committed to the relationship. Like I feel like you couldn't ask her better there. Here's Here's the great thing about Hannah. If it ever turns out that your uncle is actually your daddy, she got your back. Oh, yeah. Uncle daddy. Uh, as far as fucking kill, God, I don't know. Um, I just, I guess, uh, I'm sorry. I'm just, Hannah's fantastic. You're absolutely right. But I feel like I'm drawn to Ariane Spencer in a way that I just, I always wonder what the nightmare has for me next. <laughs> uh, see, uh, I think the kill is tough for me. Uh, Sometimes I love with the devil's daughter. Yeah. Why don't we go with uh, just kill Arya because that's, you know, erotic in its own way and then fuck Spencer. I'm sorry. Could you elaborate on that one? <laughs> I don't think I need to. Okay. All right. Uh, ES Black 3 asks, <laughs> I'd be interested to know more about how you work together as writing partners for your projects. What's the process? Do you write together slash alone, edit each other, etc.? If I may. Yeah, um, it's kind of like that scene in Princess Bride where obviously I cannot drink the one in front of me, but you would know that I can't drink the one in front of me. And that's how we work together. Okay, um, I think it would be fair to say that we we've discovered over the last two years it's much easier to write scripts together than books together. Um, our, our process, as far as script writing is concerned. Um, we kind of start very broadly and generally with ideas and just kind of keep talking and brainstorming till we're down to individual scenes, like running dialogue together and then eventually write the dialogue down. 
Um, yeah, I don't know if, if that's really a process or not. I guess that's what we do. It's nice, to, ha- it's nice to have like a good whiteboard that you yeah. can write stuff on. I don't know how long it was, but there was... How long did we spend with the first season of Trouble? Oh, gosh. I don't even know. Like... It was mostly weekends. It was a couple weekends, and it was a lot of fun. Like we had a Several big weekends, ass whiteboard, yeah. big ass whiteboard, and some Nerf guns, and markers that were sometimes just targets for our Nerf guns. And we basically hammered out the plot for thirteen episodes of what a season one of Trouble would look like. Ish, which the plot arcs, let's say. Yeah, but but a lot of like to the point where we were running dialogue and key moments and stuff, and. And it kind of informed a lot of what is this show about, which means what are these characters about? Like, what is important here? What is the value here? And I will never forget, this is probably way too much of an overshare, trying to figure out, like, who is the actual villain of this piece? And it came together while we were both using the same bathroom. There was a stall and a urinal. Yeah. And it was like, hey. All our best ideas. Splash, water, splash, water, splash. What if it was so-and-so? And there was like a weird pause. And I think you came out of the urinal and you were just like nodding your head. Sure. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I hope that answers your question. Yes. Black three. Please imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Caleb, AKA at cable guy, 89 asked, did we ever get around to watching Elizabeth Olsen's wind river? And what's the best way for us to recommend movies for you to watch? Uh, I think we already covered it. The second part of his question is like uh, what we're looking forward to most next year. But uh, yes, I did watch Wind River in the theater. I think it was one of my movie pass watches. Uh, did you nice. see that movie? I saw it on Netflix. All it's right. a great movie. Yeah, good movie. It's not a movie you're going to like. I would, feel great about the end of. But... I would probably call it more Jeremy Renner's Wind River than Elizabeth Olsen's. But I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh, she's great in it. But yeah, good, it's, yeah, it's a it's a Jeremy Renner movie. And yeah. a little bit of that guy that I don't like from The Walking Dead and The Punishers. Yeah, although I feel like that's almost a perfect kind of it's not quite a cameo. It's like oh, it's, a, it's a it's a good role for him, yeah. It's a perfect subversion of expectations, I think. Yeah. Because you're ready for I'm not gonna say who, but you're ready for this certain character to be like a piece of shit. And then it's like, oh, subversion. <laughs> exactly. Uh, as far as the best way to recommend movies for us to watch, probably just tweet at us. Um, I can't say, I can't offer any guarantees that we'll do it, but the more people that recommend it, the more it will be on our radar as something we'll, we'll do. Well, because of, uh, and a couple of people have in the emails, they've referred to the demo <laughs> and who is the demo. So if enough people recommend a movie to us, you become the demo usually more likely if it's something that can be watched on streaming or rental yeah. or whatever. I think that's just, that's just more fair to people. I feel yeah. bad. I mean, like I don't necessarily want to go buy a movie that I don't care about or I don't think is going to be fun for me, but like, I really feel shitty for people who have to go do that because for some reason they've followed our star at the same time. I think these kind of podcasts that we do, and there's like a thousand of them now, if we're doing our job remotely right, which is the only reason I ever like the context of the plot when we do a podcast, is if we're doing our job remotely right, you don't necessarily need to have seen the movie. That's true. I mean, in general, if we do a movie that's in the theaters, it's usually going to be either a Star Wars movie, a Marvel movie, or like a Harry Potter movie, typically. We might we, we might go out of that range occasionally, but usually it's like 
this is such a massive franchise movie that you're probably going to see it. You know, did we do Infinity War as an as a soul head? I think we did. I think we did. So, okay. First of all, I had to ask you that. Number two, like I said, I watched it again after something we did uh-huh. recently, and I was like, "Wow, I bet we did a bad job." Because <laughs> I'm like, this is like the second time I watched this movie, and it's it's not so bad. And I'm like, I can't imagine that my opening weekend thoughts were that interesting. There's something better about, and there's like a Marshall McLuhan reason for this, but like when we have it in front of us and we can pause and we can make notes and we can do our thing. I don't know, for me, like, if I don't ever pause the movie, like, I really don't give a shit. Like, Fantastic Beasts, the first one, when you and I rewatched that to podcast about it. I mean, it's probably better that we waited on that one, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was nice that we had it, like, in the comfort of your living room. But, like, if I was doing that on my own, I would have, it was a good movie, which it wasn't. Like, I would have been pausing constantly to make notes and things for us to talk about. And I don't think we paused it once during that movie. No. Yeah, so. No, usually I make my notes after the movie, but occasionally I'll pause to make notes. Uh, Let's see. Let me do one more, and then we can get back to your emails. Uh, Nicole Testa asks, literally, what are your day jobs, and what did you go to school for? I'm so curious. This is also kind of supplemented by Miss Icy Busy, which says, add to that, did you go to college for film study? And Jana, who also asks, what's your day jobs? So, Marco. What are your day jobs? Uh, I work tangentially with books and I do the occasional community college class about film. Oh, I like her vagueness here. Uh, yeah. yeah, I answer phones. There you go. Yeah, no, I, I do technical support. Uh, and uh, I did go to film school. You Not do. that it really has much to do with my current job. You do technical support on our hearts, uh-huh. our minds. Uh, I think that covers that. All right. What do you got with their emails? So Catherine C. has a couple questions. One of them, what's the experience like of actually meeting people like Norman Buckley and Joseph Doherty? Oh, gosh, I don't know how to answer this. Like The first, it, the first time you starstruck, right? Lovely, but not like uh not like overwhelming you know i guess you could say not after the second couple times like they're normal people like they they have a job they do and they have stories about their job and they're fucking human beings like um the last time we had dinner with norman it was awesome i mean he we just talked about like normal human shit had nothing to do with tv shows for a while Uh um and joseph doherty is one of the coolest nerds ever. I mean, poor, poor, poor Ben, Ben James out here. Like Joseph Dory and I talked about like, like Dr. Who for like 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I just tuned out that part. <laughs> he just stared off into space. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not, not like Joseph Dory works on Dr. Who, you know, he's just a fan. And so it's like, here's a guy who has an incredible amount of credits and incredible amount of experience. And he's a genius and he's got a, he's a very funny guy. He's very astute. And it's like, we're both just two guys who, who really enjoy this show, you know, and we're just dorking, dorking out, and it's out very, entirely. Yeah. It's super hard. And to the point where this waiter is like, do you mind pausing your dork out so I can serve you your fucking dinner? And we're like, yes, please also refill our drinks. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, the first time utterly starstruck. Uh, after that, 
they're very cool people and I'm still starstruck personally, but they're very cool, fun people. All right. What else you got? Uh, question two, this one's, I'm directed at you. Hey, Hey James, are you single? I am. There you go. Uh, next question. Who will win the Super Bowl? Oh, good question. Um, you know, I am winning my uh, my picks league right now, even though I've barely watched any footballs here. Are you like in a fantasy football league? Uh, it's not, not fantasy. It's like a picks league where you just pick who's going to win. I'm okay. winning my one game against a certain Drew. And uh, oh. I, I hope to win and, and get some money out of this. Nice. Uh, who's going to win? How does that, that work? You put money into it? I think it's like 20 bucks each and there's like 10 people in the league. So I stand, hey, stand to make some cash out of this. Do me a favor. Oh? Remind Drew Boo that he owes me 20 bucks on the matter of two episodes of a certain TV show. All right. I'll, I'll see what I can do. Um, yeah. I, I guess I'm going to go with the Saints. I think the Saints have the easiest uh, path to victory. I think they're at home the whole time. They have home field and they, they play well at home. So. I'll go with that. Cool. Uh, Catherine tweets, will you be podcasting about the perfectionists? Yes. yes. Uh, check out our podcast, Bros Watch PL2. We talk about it. Um, our next question is, what are your New Year's resolutions? Ah, uh, geez. What are yours? Uh, be more normal, less weird. I don't know. What should mine be? You tell me. You know me so well. Or you know a version of me. Let's say that's the right There's version. There's like no way I can answer that question without it. Like you interpret it as like backhanded or something. Well, that says a lot about you. Does and me. it? Yeah. Yes. How about, how about your resolution is to not get laid? Okay. <laughs> that is kind of backhanded, isn't it? Because <laughs> you never, you know, complete your resolution, right? High five. Sure, sure. Yeah, I don't know. You gotta handle a certain level of overflow. <laughs> I don't know. Exercise more, drink more water. Maybe drink more water. That's a good resolution. Drink more water is a really good one. Yeah. That's a really, really good one. Uh her last question is what are your favorite movies of the year? Which I think we covered. I think we did. Yeah. Do you want to jump on to okay. like I said I've got I've got I've got plenty more here. I've got Four more people's emails with a bunch of questions in them. So why don't we is it, do some uh, tweets? Is it time to do a dramatic reading of my immortal? Sure. Uh, K at Kayla Wells uh, says, will you two please read the first two chapters of the infamous fanfic, my immortal, and then like a little like devil emoji and then a link to it. So um, let me take another drink here. I said I need to be drunk to do this. Which I think if you can sober promise that, you didn't need to be drunk to do it. That's true. Mm. All right. So these chapters are actually very short. So should I just see the first chapter now and then come back to the second chapter later? Sure. All right. So my immortal, we've been asked about this, I feel like, a lot over the years. I've never read it until now. Uh, it's uh, it's like an infamous like Harry Potter, possibly like also Twilight fanfic. I think 
cool. people have always wanted us to read this. And so now a dramatic reading of chapter one in Caleb voice. I I'm going to try to avoid me reading both of the, most of the uh, author notes here. <clears throat> chapter one. Hi, my name is Ebony darkness, dementia, Raven way. And I have long ebony black hair. Princes, that's how I got my name. With purple streaks and red tips that reaches my mid-back. And icy blue eyes like limpid tears. And a lot of people tell me I look like Amy Lee. <laughs> I'm not related to Gerard Way, but I wish I was because he's a major fucking hottie. <laughs> I'm a vampire, but my teeth are straight and white. I have pale white skin. I'm also a witch. And I go to a magic school called Hogwarts in England, not Scotland, England, where I'm in the seventh year. Princes, I'm 17. I'm a goth, princes, in case you couldn't tell. And I wear mostly black. I love Hot Topic, and I buy all my clothes from there. For example, today I was wearing a black corset with matching lace around it, and a black leather miniskirt, pink fishnets, and black combat boots. I was wearing black lipstick, white foundation, black eyeliner, and red eyeshadow. I was walking outside Hogwarts. It was snowing and raining, and there was no sun, which I was very happy about. A lot of preps stared at me. I put up my middle finger at them. Yeah. Hey, Ebony, shouted a voice. I looked up. It was Draco Malfoy. What's up, Draco? I asked. Nothing, he said shyly. But then I heard my friends call me, and I had to go away. And that's the end of chapter one. Maybe we'll get to chapter two later. Wow, that was riveting. That's an entire chapter. Yeah, it's one paragraph mostly. I worry that the author of this just bravura piece will sue us for I just uh, stealing from from trouble because clearly this is exactly what trouble's like. I just like to know why she's not related Gerard Way, but she wishes she was because he's a major hottie. Like, you want there to be incest? Well. I, I think if you're a witch vampire student of Hogwarts, you're just into the taboo, right? Like you're just like who you is Gerard Way? Is he also in Evanescence? No. Oh, you're so sweet. Um, he's the from that band My Chemical Romance, uh, yeah. which took me when I glanced at this the other day when it was tweeted at us. It took me like 20 minutes of seeing like one of the parentheses was like something from MCR, and I was like. What the fuck does that mean? I don't want to. Oh, tweet my about chemical it. romance. The, okay. The yeah. youths will like make fun of me. And I was like, oh, it took me like 20 minutes to figure that out. All right. Well, let's uh, let's return to chapter two later in the pod, which seemingly is going to be four hours at this point. Oh, yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, should I keep going or do you have more questions you want to get to? It's more questions. Um, this one it came up a lot from some people. It's from Ashley S. So she got in there first. What has been your favorite episode of headcanon to do? Oh, geez. I wish I knew that in advance. Sorry. I'm just trying to remember what uh, those episodes even are. I'm going to the iTunes. Yeah, so am I right now. Let's go ahead and do a search in the store for headcanon. So we stall while we look this up. I mean, I think the initial Harry Potter ones I, I really liked doing. Uh, hmm. Those were a lot of fun. I think we had Heather on a few times. Those are good, good pods. <laughs> Remember that you said that. Remember that I said that. Yeah. What do you mean? 
Well, here, here's your here's your prep. A lot of people ask, who is our favorite guest on oh. Head Cannon? Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to like single any one person out. Um, We've been very fortunate. All all their guests have been great. Yeah. Um, most recently, I think we had a lot of fun with uh, Caitlin Crystal and Raquel. Um, mm-hmm. I think the one with Crystal, we got a lot of good feedback on. People thought that was pretty funny. Um, to all the boys, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think that benefited from like two of us were in the same room, so that all helps. Yeah. Um, T on Z. Yeah, that, that was a pretty fun podcast. Yeah. Um, I just remember the joy of I don't know how long we were into it and you were just like this is going to be pretty blue. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the worst one recently was definitely like The Boy Next Door. I was just like not into that movie at all and like it was just like not a great podcast. You were not playful at all. I just didn't like the movie. Sorry. Which which is fine. I don't think you have to like the movie to, you know, I guess I just didn't feel like there was a whole lot to discuss in the movie. It okay. was just like, this is just a bad movie, you know? Well, I think in that case, we probably shouldn't even do the episode. You know okay. what I mean? I mean, if you're not enjoying it. All right. We're not going to do uh, Boy Next Door then. Yeah, we're not going to do Boy Next Door, guys. We yeah. have retroactively canceled that. I'm just saying, if you're not going to enjoy it, like, why are we putting you through that? Yeah. But is that, I don't know if that's is that interesting to listen to. Yeah, I mean, there's I mean, a few here, like the Hansel and Gretel one. Like, there's just certain movies that I just feel like we're not particularly rich for discussion, you know? I mean, there's movies where you show up where it's just like, what was that, what was that one independent movie with uh, Henry Cavill and uh, Ben Affleck? Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck? Yeah, it was a low budget. I don't affair. know. Warner Brothers, uh, Amy Adams was in it. Either way, we showed up to fucking bury that movie. Um, Wait, Henry Cavill was in that movie. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm trying to be cutesy. It's Batman versus Superman, but like that and like Suicide oh, Squad. Oh shit! Those three are in a movie together, aren't they? Wow, yeah. I totally forgot we, about that. We, we showed up to fucking like stake that, and show that was Batman. fun though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was using our powers for evil in a good way. Um, but yeah, like uh, like Two All the Boys was a really fun episode. Um. Batman Returns is a fun episode for a lot of reasons. I I really enjoy like when Morgan was on the podcast. I know like oh yeah, the Twilight ones were all fun. I think all all our guests on that. This is this, this is one of Ash's questions. Other people ask that too. Like favorite guests. Um, like more. I, I'd love to have Morgan back. I don't know if Morgan listens to our podcast. I, but I'd love to have. Her I would love to have any of the guests we've had on back. I, I think yeah. we we had fun with all of them. Yeah. I think it's an open invitation to pretty much all of them. Right. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I mean, I would love to get Heather back because I feel like that's that's fucking like prestige. Like, like I was always shocked when other Heather would agree to have anything to do with us, her <laughs> and Jake, because they're so much better people than we are. <laughs> For sure, not even funny. <laughs> uh, We're just so here to laugh at our own jokes, man. Yeah, favorite episode to do. It, it's I mean, hard. Last, like. Not that any of them have been bad, but you know, like again, T on Z was was I, a lot of fun. I remember I th- being a lot of fun. I think in general, we like doing episodes where we either really like or really dislike the movie. It's when we're somewhat indifferent that I think the episodes aren't as good. Like the fifth wave was just kind of like blah, you know. Like, um, and I think that's the that's. But I would say, 
not as a diss on either you and I, but that's that's a failing of you and I because we're not sure, sure, yeah, we're not comedians, and this is like our side hustle to keep our our comedic strength. We're not doing like improv on the side. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. We're not like gonna like pepper this at the beginning and the end of like what what clubs we're gonna appear at. So we kind of fuck up there. And so from what I remember of like um, uh, Crash and Tiger, Hidden Dragon, we both really really liked that movie. It was a really strong movie. I don't remember if that episode was good or not because, I mean, I, I enjoy whenever you and I both like the movie, but I don't know if that's funny or interesting I feel like or that's whatever at least, the fuck people show up for. I think uh, enthusiasm is probably better than indifference, though, you know? True, true. Um, there's an episode called Lady Bird, but with murder, and I don't know what that is. I think that was maybe Tragedy Girls. Oh, right on. That was a fun movie. I like that movie. Yeah, okay, cool. That may come up later in the conversation. Uh, do you have yeah. any, any more questions to hit us with? Yeah. So, um, the next question from Ashley, sorry, Ashley, <laughs> uh, what movies would you, would you like to do, but can't because of your quote unquote demo or whatever? I don't know if we really have much of a, uh, restrictor on our content. Roadhouse. I mean, it's, it's there for the doing and I don't think there's any, I don't, I don't think we've ever thought in the past, oh, we can't do that movie. Well, yes, we literally on air talked about ha 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 Hudson Hawk. Our demo won't be into that. You're just making me look bad now. Um, I have a I have a list. I think my, my only issue with Roadhouse is I feel like I feel like I feel like every like movie podcast out there has done Roadhouse already. So I don't I don't know if it'd be like well trod ground, but we could certainly okay. do that. Uh. The next question from Ashley is, what has been the thirstiest movie you've covered so far? I think TNZ. Well, was that the thirstiest movie or the thirstiest podcast? That's a good question. Um, what would be a thirsty movie? That, that was a spicy episode of this, uh, this here program. Yeah, I mean, as, as far as just the movie goes. I mean, Batman Returns was horny as That was fuck. a pretty horny movie, yeah. And I, I don't know, maybe it's the last few months, but I've like, I've really appreciated the really horny movies, mm. the unapologetically horny movies. I mean, it's, it's funny. Cause like, look at like the, the examples of where we are currently as to where this podcast started. Obviously Harry Potter and the whatever wasn't super horny. Um, one of the other questions we got via email was, was asking about spicy moments of the year. And it's funny, it's like I, I kept reminding myself a Fifty Shades movie came out this year and it was erotic as nothing. Yeah, we did that movie, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that Dracula movie is pretty horny. Which one? The, the you know, Dram Stoker's oh, Dracula. Not Dead and Loving It, but yeah, yeah, that was a pretty horny movie. That was a real Gurdjie Loins kind of affair. I'm surprised you didn't like that movie. I just, yeah, that was one of those movies like I just was not feeling it like right from the get go. I don't know why. It's, it's easier being separated by Skype when you're unhappy with a movie. Oh, it's harder to be in the same room with you. As you're just you not you were so rarely record in person with me. How would you know? Still, just you know, well, I, I feel like when I'm in when I'm in the room with you, it should be a joyous affair. It is for me. I hope it is for you. But yeah, for you, just be like, yeah, I didn't love this movie. I'm just like, oh, my my heart broke. Uh-huh. If I wasn't afraid of an ad playing on my app, I would play a, a sound effect of glass breaking on my uh, soundboard. All right. Next question. Um, this was the next question was favorite guest on the podcast. We, I think we covered that. 
Um, ooh, sorry, Ashley. Uh, her next question is from me. How would I fix Riverdale? Uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a three part plan. One, cut the head off of Hiram Lodge, stake him in the heart, cut his head off, expose him to sunlight, throw him out the window. Two, like fixate on characters. Not plots, but characters. Like, who the fuck are your fucking characters on that stupid fucking show? And stick to that. Don't have Archie decide that he's going to turn himself in for a crime he didn't commit in a season premiere to facilitate plot that's stupid. Three, again, focus on characters because, I think I mentioned before, you can't have a character like Cheryl Blossom, who's not a real person, just be some kind of weird icon. You know, like there's a, again, there's a fucking episode in season two where she's been sexually assaulted. And then like five minutes later, she's like the race girl, like in booty shorts, like, like waving a flag. Like she's Paul Abdul in the rush, rush music video. It's, it's fucking bonkers. It's fucking insulting. Like, like rebel without a cause. Yeah. Like rebel without a cause. I'm sorry. That's what rush is. Is the Paul Abdul video is, is homaging. Like it's, you know, like, the the fucking D and D thing, which is like the wet dream of nerds, isn't on its own terrible. Obviously, it's a watered down version of what we've talked about. So great about PLL and the game board, which is great in like the second half of season seven of that show. Like the the individual like overarching plots aren't necessarily bad, although biker gangs are stupid. Um, it, it's like if you don't have a fixation on characters, especially on a show like that. You're just treading wheels and insulting your viewers. And I don't, I can't believe so many people have stuck with that show as they have. That's, that's my fix. Uh, next question. I mean, do you disagree? I'm sorry. Let me open it up to you. I would just cancel it. There you go. Uh, last question from Ashley is favorite element of PLL that you would take over to the perfectionist. Huh? Favorite element. Um, I guess just the way it was shot. Probably. Interesting. That, vibe of maybe this is voyeuristic and maybe it's not like that was one of the things that first drew me in about PLL was the way that the the camera worked in it um Mm -hmm. I just it was interesting and kind of understated so uh if that if that kind of thought has been you know taken to perfectionist as well I'd be very happy I'm sure it will be yeah I hope so with and I think that folds very nicely into the 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 kind of more prestige way it's it's seemingly being shot. Um, be very clear about some elements that you want to convey. Like, obviously, the show got boggled down in some of the the backstory of like um, Charlotte's origin. You know, like be very clear about what you're trying to say. Um, I think like Heather had a really good take on some of that about the patriarchy and the possession of women's bodies that wasn't always fully supported in the text of the show, you know, and, and, and like be very careful about the timeline of your show. Just, you know, like, and and don't be so muddled about like, what are you trying to say about like things like Ezria, you know, like it's, it's, it's fine to be satirical and to have kind of a sharp, acidic, witty tone about things, but like, don't, don't let it be lost ultimately to people. Um, don't let anyone think, oh, hey, this is okay. <laughs> so you feel like you're talking about more, a lot more of like what not to do than what you want to see. Yeah, uh, you're right. I mean, there's there's a certain campy, 
noir aspect of of PLL that I love that I hope I hope shows up on Perfectionist. I think we talked about the last the Bros Watch PLL too about you know I don't know how that book proceeds about like an A figure stepping in, uh, just the shit the weird shit where like Noel's head clunk 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 rolls down the stairs and the girls almost trip over it and they have to be quiet about screaming about the fact that the severed head just rolled their way. There's certain like like just campy moments from PLL that I hope show up in the Perfectionist. That kind of fun. He's got secrets too. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, Donna, I hope I'm not mispronouncing his last name. Uh, Letteries. Uh, who was an illustrator who lives in LA. An illustrator, yeah. In a world where PLL was turned into a graphic novel or a series of graphic novels, what would be your ideal vision for it? Black and white, noir style, color, indie, uh, superhero comic, and, uh, and or who would you want, uh, what comic artist would you want to draw it? Uh, I'll go ahead and pass this off to you because you probably have more opinions on this than I do. Okay, so I've only thought about this a thousand times. I am not aware of all the people who would be great working in the comic industry because I'm not like what you would call a current comic nerd. There's artists that I like that I'm aware of that I think would be great for this. Uh, As far as interiors, like a Cliff Chiang or a Ryan Sook would be great. Um, I would love to see a PLL comic book with covers by an artist named Tula Lotte. I think she would fucking nail why it would be special in that kind of medium. Uh, there's a show called Sweet Vicious, which got canceled far too soon. It's like making its return via comic book. Again, I don't know why PLO wouldn't or the perfectionist or what have you. So um, I think it's a very colorful show that just can scream into life into this format. So I hope that helps. See, I think the only comic book artists I can name are uh, Fabian Nicieza and Joe Madera, who are like from the mid-90s. Um, isn't Fabian Nicieza like a writer I have no fucking idea he might be this is where even though you're older it's like somehow I got in the X-Men comics before you because mm. I'm I'm way before the Joe Mad era I like Joe Mad yeah that's that's wild I mean I, I think oh. I just more generally I I do think I would want color in a theoretical PLL comic I think you yeah, need color yeah I mean, you could you could play with like here's the noir issue, but like, just how are you going to capture Arya's wardrobe in anything but color? Honestly, <laughs> really. Um, I hope that was an adequate answer. Uh, yeah. Next uh, tweet question from Michelle G E A K at Lady Lady Loves H P. Who is Marco Sparks? No one of consequence. No. You don't want to. Reveal any uh, secret names on our episode. What is it you're hoping? What is it you're personally hoping I will reveal? Uh, maybe a first name. I don't know. No, it's not interesting to people. I don't think anyone cares. You don't people think anyone cares? People want to know you. That's what we've learned in the last six months. I think that that people... is a massive amount of projection on your part, for sure. I mean, I'm always curious who you are. And I got to say, one of the joys of my life was uh, uh, Thanksgiving, having a chat with your sister. Oh, and her and I handshaking, dealing on a, um, producing a line of Ben James Yo t-shirts. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I'm kind of shocked that she and I both like looked the other way on like actually one of us giving it to you for Christmas. <laughs> so Caitlin Riley, we know Caitlin, mm. friend of the pod, former guest. She asks, uh, number one, you can reboot any movie, but it has to be TV shows at the present day. What do you pick? What do you pick? So 
I apologize because I you know, obviously I saw this tweet, so I've had a little bit of thought on this. Uh-huh. I got a good answer, by the way. Oh, do you? I, I just, just want to warn you that I got a good answer. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. I got a couple, so let me throw a couple at you. Okay. One uh, would be sneakers, Ooh, but unfortunately, that is a good I, answer. You'd have to set that in the '90s, though. I, 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 I don't know. 2018 technology makes that very different. I mean, it's just a little more hacky hack, but sure, yeah. And some of these things, like if you've ever followed me on Twitter, which I don't know why you would, like I've kind of hinted at these, like Troy or anything to do with the Trojan War <laughs> is interesting in the present day, but you have to really get around certain artifacts of modern warfare. Uh, here's a bonkers one for you. Uh-huh. Zero effect. See, that to me, I that was I that certainly occurred to me, but it's like, it's basically just a Sherlock TV show. Yeah. Like, but, I mean, there, there's wrinkles, different. you know, there's, there's a like a little kind of uh, character interplay wrinkle to it, but yeah, I mean, I, I would love a zero effect show, but it's basically just it's Sherlock and Watson with like a but certain quirky. dynamic, yeah, but certainly quirky. Um, network though, that's pretty much the world we live in now. Would you really think that'd make a good TV show? I kind of wonder. Network is a movie that I would love to do on this podcast, but I feel like it's outside of our demo. Yeah, and the next time you guys don't read an audience analysis, I'll sack the fucking lot of you. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're pretty much at the point where we need another Body Snatchers, right? A TV show. Uh, Fear Street. I've talked about this before. I don't necessarily love R.L. Stein or Fear Street books, but I feel like there is... The way to do that is kind of like MTV's Undressed, where you have a couple stories happening at once, and one ends and another starts to take place, and there's like a very loose connective tissue and like one or two recurring characters that kind of keep it going. But I think, again, I mean, obviously we're talking about our love of like this kind of teen pulp fiction. I think that's really interesting. There's an old movie of uh, Walter Matthau called Hopscotch, which I think would actually be a really interesting TV show uh, going forward about uh, just spies and and being one step ahead of each other and like uh, revealing secrets about how spies work and like that kind of shit. So what's your really good answer? Um, well, first I should say, I think in general, most movies should be movies and not TV shows. I think most of the time that a movie should be a TV show is because it's based on like a, some sort of intellectual property from a book or something else where the narrative like needs to be kind of fleshed out more than it is in the movie that you got. Um, this isn't my real answer, but like Harry Potter, obviously, like I think you can make it modern day without too much trouble to make a good TV show out of it. Uh, but no, my my actual answer is this: uh, it's a little film about magic called Now You See Me. Whoa! I mean, I think as a TV show, this basically just becomes leverage, but with, like with magic. But mm-hmm. I think it'd still be a good TV show where it's just like four magicians, like I don't know running around uh fixing the problems of various people it's like the fugitive plus magic or something i'm into it yeah all right uh caitlin has another question here yeah you have to recast the core five pll's with new actors actors who could currently play teens who do you pick i have some things written down okay there you got uh, so for Aria, it's an actor named Quinn Shepard or Olivia Cook, which I've mentioned many times before, would make a great alternate Aria. Okay. Uh, for Emily, 
I have an actor named Rafi Cassidy. Um, when she was a child actor, she was the best thing about Tomorrowland. More recently, she's been in the uh, the Killing of a Sacred Deer by the uh, the favorite guy. Uh, my Hannah choice, eh, it's a little rough. Rowan Blanchard. Definitely never heard of any of these people, but go on. Uh, this is tough because, like, try to Google teen actors, okay? You're going to get a lot of really mediocre, bland, like, vanilla, bland, white guys. Oh, I've got a bunch of ringers, but they're all in, like, their early 20s for the most part. So, who haven't been in much. And then, like, there's a lot of really great female actors who are out there working who aren't getting a lot of roles. And there's it's, it's, like, a, it's like a fucking death match for what he put them. Uh, for Spencer, I have two. I have Helena Howard, who's from Madeline's Madeline, or Andy Matt, Matichak, who's from uh, the Halloween movie that I don't think you saw. Nope. And then this one's my kind of wild one. Um, you're going to know her for now, two other roles, but my my Allison, uh-huh. Kieran and Shipka. Oh. I know her. Like, I, I almost said, uh, I almost said Elsie Fisher just on the spirit of how young she is uh-huh. as opposed to like the real, I thought about that person. as well. Yeah. But I was like, you know, I thought about like, I'm not a super huge fan of Bo Burnham per se, but like, I, I like eighth grade. And I remember what the way he cast Elsie Fisher was, she was the real insecure teenager who was projecting, um, confidence. Whereas all the other actors he, he met with were like confident people like projecting insecurity. And I was like, well, maybe that won't work for Allison, but Kieran Shipka, I, f- I think it fucking nailed this role. I'm impressed. We, um, you didn't name anyone who I had. So cool. either my list is super basic or I don't know what, I mean, I, I don't know if this is cheating or what most of the people on my list are in their like early twenties or like 22. Uh, okay. but I don't know. I mean, I, I think most of the liars are about 21 when they're cast. So, well, so basically they have to, play like they can be a, a they gotta be a junior right i mean so you have to only be as old as however the fuck the the cast and i don't i think troyan was like 25 or something so yeah maybe 23 i don't know um so as spencer and in some of these i kind of went back and forth as who i would cast or who but ultimately i said or not settled on this actress for spencer uh anya taylor joy okay well okay so we talked about the thoroughbreds yeah she's like the evil spencer okay as Arya, I'm particularly proud of this one. Uh, Brianna Hillebrand. Nice. Most, that's pretty good. Most known as the uh, uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead yeah. from Deadpool. Um, tragic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hannah, this is probably the youngest one here, is uh, Sophia Lillis, a.k.a. Nice. Uh, young Amy Adams from Sharp Objects. And she was also in It. The girl from It, yeah. Emily, I had Amanda Stenberg, uh, who's probably okay. most well known as Rue from the Hunger Games. Yeah. Mona, originally I had this actor as uh, the Spencer, but I switched last minute. Uh, just Lana Condor from To All the Boys. Ooh. Ooh. I would be really interested to see like the evil version that Lana Condor can do. I'm going to watch that show in sci fi just because of Lana Condor. Yeah. And. Um, Allison, this yeah. actress is not actually not that old. She's just been around forever, so it seems like she's probably older than she is. Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, I think she does an excellent mean girl, and we haven't seen that in a while. 
I mean, that w- I, w- I really struggled with her. I really wanted to put her in there, and I thought, okay, she's too old to be a teenager. But as she's Allison, like 22, I think. Chloe Grace Moretz, really? Yeah, she's she's young. It's just like she's been around forever. Wow. She would fucking kill it as Allison. She's 21. Holy 21. Shit Jesus, yeah. Holy fucking shitballs. Wow. And, and I mean, a- I think her best role is probably on 30 Rock. As like yeah. the mean uh, daughter of like the the network executive or whatever, yeah. So yeah, I think she'd be a great Allison for that reason. The only other actor that I had floating and I couldn't have a specific role, but I was a little bit afraid of uh, uh, subjecting her to your ire was uh, Sadie Sink. I don't know who that who, is. She's in Stranger Things. Um, she's like the new character. In oh, the her. Two. Okay, yeah, yeah. As um, um, Max, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care about. The actress who plays Eleven, but like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not into uh, what's her face. Yeah, Millie Bobby Brown. Sorry, I don't think yeah. she's that good. Also, everyone, you should be concerned that like Drake texts her a lot. Like, that's not okay. That's weird. You know what I'm concerned with in general is like, I I just don't want to know anything about the social media of teenagers. Like, I just yeah. like the media in general should just be like, we're just gonna take it easy on telling you what like these teen actors are up to like when they turn 18 fine you can report on them but like i don't want to know fucking anything about who these teen actors are instagramming and you know facebooking whatever just like leave them alone yeah yeah there you go all right uh lizzie m aka at lizzie b one two three four says can you predict the plot of the next fantastic beast film it's gonna let you down I mean, should I try to come up with something good or predict the actual plot? I don't know. Ooh, both. What's the actual plot? God, I don't even know. More shit with Creedence. Creedence, like, trying to get close to Dumbledore. I I don't know how Newt's involved. This sounds bad. Um, let Let me attempt a slightly better plot. Okay. Let's say, uh, let's say that Porpentina there, Catherine Watterson, she has resigned or gotten fired or whatever. She's teaching uh, Dada. She's teaching, teaching defense against the dark arts at Ilvermorny. Mm-hmm. Jacob is back at the bakery. He's kind of living like a depressed, sad existence. Cool. Because I don't know what else he'd be doing. Uh, Dumbledore comes to visit Tina at Ilvermorny. He's got a job for her. Uh, someone's been using the Imperial curse to like wreak havoc. And he thinks it's Grindelwald and Creedence are up to this. And then Tina, because her sister is like a legal men's or whatever is like more impervious to this or something, you know, whatever and wave it. Like this is why we need you Tina. So he's got to put her on the case. And so she goes and she recruits Jacob to pose as her husband. Cause she's going to go undercover as a muggle on safari in the Amazon. Cause that's where they've been. Uh, this like Imperial stuff has been going on there. And uh, she runs into Newt when he's tracking dragons there. They find out that credence is the wearant one. Who's like Imperioing dragons to like, I don't know, destabilize magical community. Hijinks ensues, yada, yada, yada. There's romance, there's suspense, there's action. That's what I got. <sighs> It's too much credence. Uh, I'm just trying to make do with what we have. 
I mean, or like, how does it end? I don't even remember this fucking movie now. Did Tina and Newt, are they together? Not really, as far as I recall. Like, I mean, they're like physically they're in the same location, but that like there was no like profession of love that I, I think he kind of like fumbled his way towards it, but never really got there. Because there's a whole salamander eyes thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do for the next Fantastic Beast film. I just tried to work in the Amazon because I think supposedly like the Brazilian uh, witchcraft school is going to be in it. So we'll see. <laughs> good luck with the fucking secret Dumbledore brother thing. Yeah, good luck. Uh, uh, Fleetnik19, a.k.a. Black Snatch, asks, how did you guys meet and any advice for someone starting a pod? Um... James Taylor threw a football in my face. That's true. Uh, as far as starting a podcast goes, um, if you go to broswatchpl2.com and go to the blog section, there is an article with some good advice and uh, kind of walkthrough on how we record our podcast. If you're interested in the more technical side, uh, as far as non-technical advice, my best advice would be uh, find a podcasting partner that you feel like you can uh, carry on a conversation with and uh, pick a topic you're both interested in, like a general topic, and uh, set a schedule for yourselves. I think uh, if you don't have a set schedule where it's like we record on this day every week or this day every month, etc., it's really easy to just not record. And uh, your podcast, you know, like the, the more regular that you post, the better. I would spend on that and say, take it seriously, which I think yeah. what, you're, what you're getting at, like, like take it seriously. Like it's a job. I mean, not that we're the example cause we're sure as shit not, but there was a period we were doing this three, sometimes f- four times a week. I don't know if we ever hit four. We definitely hit three for PLL. Um, fucking think about that. Like I know, I have no idea how we did that. This is the period too where we got like really aggressive about our notes, and this is like the the period where it started to become like full recaps, like transcripted recaps during this period. But we were doing it three times a week. It ended a frenzy. And the other thing I would say is just enjoy it. Yeah. If you don't enjoy it, it's gonna show. Uh I mean, there's basic things like don't fucking eat on the podcast. Yeah. No, don't eat on a podcast. It's like the worst thing you can possibly do. And don't like take it seriously. Enjoy it. Don't necessarily expect it to go somewhere other than where it is. Do it because you enjoy the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. If it does, that's great. But like, don't, don't throw a hissy fit because you didn't become famous in some other way because you did a podcast. That's every fucking asshole has a podcast in LA. They certainly do. Seriously. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming you were going to be doing improv somewhere. Because you live in L.A. and you do the podcast, right? Yeah, the the comedy store or something, something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yes, and. Um, should I go through Andrew's question? Then we can get back to your emails. <laughs> I've got a gun. Sorry. Yeah, go. Uh, Andrew, a.k.a. Luke Bywalker, friend of the pod, asks, which franchise from the 80s or 90s that hasn't been rebooted yet would you like to see an Ocean's 8-esque spinoff continuation of and who would you cast in it? So I assume that he, by Ocean's 8-esque, he means all female. Or spinoff, as in like 
it's not Danny Ocean, but it's a spinoff of that. All female is not bad. Um, oh shit, that's a good one. Uh, that's a good wrinkle on it though, like making it all female. I hadn't thought about that. I got a good answer to this. Go for it. Uh, so eighties and nineties franchises. I went ahead and picked Highlander. Ooh, because okay. that has not been redone recently. Starring. I tried to go as Scottish as I possibly could here. Karen Gillan. Nice. Tandy Newton. Not Scottish, but I'm sure she can do the accent. Yeah. Uh, Katie Lung, who you might know as Cho Chang from Harry cool. Potter. It's a seductive Scottish accent. Rose Leslie. Shirley cool. Manson, just because. And uh, Ian McGregor. Ooh. McGregor sons. Yeah. I feel like that's a... I get behind that franchise. <laughs> it's a Highlander uh, reboot, but we're calling it Lowlanders. Yeah, <laughs> that works for me. Cool. Uh, let's see. Question number two from Andrew: Which TV show do you hope thrives in 2019, and which do you hope leaves the consciousness of pop culture? <laughs> uh, for reasons of which we're going to show up presumably every week let's just go ahead and say the perfectionist yeah, for entirely selfish reasons yes yeah if the perfectionist was a massive hit let's just say we're well positioned but i mean also i've had dinner with tangentially people who are involved so i want them to succeed yeah <laughs> um fail um uh, i really want the big bang theory to be forgotten to the sands of time isn't that like done uh, I don't think it is. Am I? Uh, I want. I want its name erased from the book of destiny. Am I a bad person for putting Riverdale on that list? No. I just, you know, I've I've had a a chip on my shoulder against Riverdale ever since I was listening to uh, I think it was the Watch podcast where they're like, oh, like a, a kind of like a dark, mysterious teen show that's never been done before, Riverdale. And I just like wanted to throw my phone out the window. I was just like, fuck you guys. You have no idea what you're talking about. I just Riverdale is just like such a disappointment to me. Um, anyways, uh, aside from those two shows, Riverdale and Perfectionist, um, I really hope his dark materials is good because I love the books. Mm. And uh, I would be okay with The Walking Dead just going away. I don't know why people enjoy that show. I really don't. I don't know what they're looking forward to. I'm so perplexed that they're going to do more of the walking dead TV show. And then also movies featuring the Andy Garfield character it, that are like, that are either like TV movies or cinematic movies. It just seems like the only place they can go with that show is like, who's going to die next. Like, I yeah. just don't understand the appeal of it at all. Like what, what sadistic way can we torture you? That's just not, that's yeah. not shit I show up for. Uh, number three from Andrew, what is one hope that you have for the perfectionist? I feel like we covered this. Maybe. I mean, I, 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 w- uh, I want old Allie back. That's what I want. I want there to be a cohesive vision for how this show will work. And I feel like we're going to get that halfway through the season. But like, I want to know that there's like a purpose, like a, a meta statement, a, a vision for how this progresses seasons into the future you know what i mean like you don't need to stick to it but like like your pilot in the second episode she like give me that sense of confidence like oh yeah this is a show this is a show i will show up for every week for several years 
And I want to be a good, confident hand steering that ship. Sure. Uh, number four from Andrew. He wants to know what movies we want to do well in 2019 and what we do not do want to do well. I feel like we uh, talked about what movies we were hoping for in 2019. Uh, do, you have want, any, do you have any fails? Oh, I want, obviously, Captain Marvel and us to succeed. I want Glass and the Joker movie to to implode horrifically. Oh, I forgot about that Joker movie. That'd definitely be on the list. Yeah. I want all Walking Phoenix joints to fail. Um, You know what I really want to fail is Shazam. I'm sorry. I just, I don't like Zachary Levi, and I hope that movie bombs. I hate that stupid costume. I hate everything about that movie. Um, I also just more in general, I want all these asinine animated movies to fail. Like I, I would love it if like this was the year that parents were like, we can just put Netflix on. We don't need to go to the movies because these movies look so stupid. Like all these animated movies I'm seeing trailers for like the secret life of pets or, you know, ugly dolls or wonderland or whatever. It just seems like they're not even trying. Like they seem so stupid. So I want them hmm. to fail. Uh, Lastly, what actor who hasn't had a major project in the last year do you really want to see again in a major TV show or film in 2019? Well, that's easy. Lucy Hale? Well, obviously Lucy Hale, for sure. She plays a cellist in something. But uh, I just think also, she needs a better agent. She's uh, she's doing like New Year's Rock and Eve. She looks amazing. Like she should be in more stuff. Yeah, but also Kristen Stewart. <laughs> sure. I went ahead of, I would really like to see Rooney and Kate Mara star in something together. Sorry, Sally. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be interesting. That'd be fun. And, uh, Hey, you're named after a football owner. Hey, so are you. Yeah. I'd also, I just, I, I feel like Angela Bassett should be in, in so many more movies than she is. Like every, every, every time a, a movie or TV shows like, Oh, we need like the salty old mentor. Let's call like Tom Wilkinson or Brian Cox. Like, no. I'll put down that phone and call Angela Bassett instead. Which they eventually got to in Mission Impossible. Yeah. What is the uh, what is the line? Like, your man's the scalpel, mine's a hammer. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, Heather Fielder, aka at Rainfielder, asks, have you watched Once Upon a Time? Uh, yes, I watched the pilot. I didn't like it. Um, I saw a few episodes. Uh, over the shoulder of someone else while I working on PLO notes for, for our podcast. Um, and then I started paying a little bit more attention here and there as somebody was like rewatching the show because I knew like Norbeck was going to direct. Um, it was fine. I didn't love it. Yeah. This is kind of bland. Chantel Williams at hitting refresh as a possible headcanon pod on us movie. Once it's released. Um, I guess I, it, I think it depends if the movie is like a massive opening weekend hit where it seems like everyone's gone to seen it will be more likely to do it then versus when it comes out on video. I think you could probably say, which is a shame because like I said, I think it works better for us. It's a better ultimate product. If we had it, I mean, if our, it's like a, lap, if it's uh, like a phenomenon, you know, we may do it. Yeah like when it's released, but more likely you'd want to wait till it gets to video and we can kind of digest it a little bit more. I mean, the question is like, what's the bigger audience versus what's the better product from us? Yeah. I I mean, right now I'm just excited to see the movie, so I'm not even thinking about it. I'm, I'm excited and stressed. Yeah. 
Uh, also, yeah. Chantel asks, uh, what's your favorite Death Cab album? Uh, I wrote this down because I've had some drinks and I forgot. Oh, excellent. Um, it's, finally, it's, Marco's it's, getting drunk. Finally? Finally. Uh, for me, it's an either or. Or it's a tie between transatlanticism and plans. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. See, I had the photo album. Photo album's good. Yeah. That's the kind of guy I am. Which one is lack of color? Uh, that is transatlanticism. Because I know you have a, a special connection to that song. You know, it's not on the list. Have we done that on the pod before? The the what if you if you had the magical ability to play one song perfectly on acoustic guitar, what song would could you play? Was for you as a lack of color by Def Cab for Cutie? I think I think not only play but sing. I guess you could say yeah. I I choose a lack of color. I don't know if you have a different choice there. So when I was a teenager and I was learning guitar, uh, my mom paid for like eight months of guitar lessons. And my guitar teacher, because of whatever's going on in his life, like quit the the place after a couple of weeks. And so I it's got gonna be like his, Angie. Yeah. So I got a couple couple replacements. It was basically just like what out of work guitar player who had worked with Perry Farrell in the Sacramento area, mm-hmm. you know, could come in for a couple of weeks. But one of the guys was just like, forget whatever you were learning. I need to teach you Angie by the Rolling Stones. You learn how to play that song perfectly, you'll never run out of pussy, is what he said to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like 14 at the time. And I was just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Angie. Uh, huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was like, uh, maybe, maybe diminishing returns based on our different age groups. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what the perfect acoustic song for me to learn is. All right. Uh, Kyra or Kira, AKA at Mulder, are you saying? has a few different questions here. Number one, recast your favorite noir films with PLL characters. Uh, I think for me, I just, because of Shadowplay, I think as Keegan as the private dick and all of them, and mm-hmm. like Sasha and Troyan are playing femme fatales, and Ashley Benson's playing like the nice girl. It's like, I think you just apply that to any uh, noir movie. Wow. Okay, so... Let me just say, first of all, Kira, thank you so much for this very important question. Uh-huh. Um, I've tried this a couple of different iterations. I tried The Lady from Sh- Shanghai, which is pretty choice, but it was that movie is too bonkers on its own for me to really go at. So following your lead, I tried Laura. So I tried Caleb as Dana Andrews, the private dick. I tried Hannah as Jean Tierney, Mona as Clifton Webb, Leslie Stone as Dame Judith Anderson, Keegan Allen really hamming it up as Vincent Price. But that, that got tricky. It had a certain cognitive dissonance because PLO has established canonically that Allison is the Laura poster. So fuck it. Then I tried Gilda, which I had to stop and pause because just about any of the PLAs would be fucking great as they whisper into some douchebag's ear, I hate myself so much, that I th- or I hate you so much that I think I might die of it. I would destroy myself if it would destroy you too. So then... I rewrote it all. I went back to the drawing board. Okay. I went a little bonkers. I went big Lebowski. I went a little slightly more neo modern esque noir. I did Hannah as Maud. I did Jason and Ian as Wu and the other treehorn thug, Jacob from Lost. I did Peter Hastings as both the big Lebowski and Jackie Treehorn. He treats objects like women, man. Then I did 
Hector Lime, Lucas, Sydney, and Meredith as the Nihilus and Amy Mann. This is where I got a little weird. I went Ezra as Brandt, Toby as Knox Harrington, the video artist, Barry Maple as Delfino, and then I just kind of ran yeah. out of juice. See, I would have gone Troy in this mod, but sure. Okay. Okay. Uh, the problem is the problem is finding someone as Jeff Lebowski is where I, I fell apart. That's Keegan, obviously. Well, really? Obviously, you're not a golfer. Uh, so, <laughs> Kira also asks uh, question number two. The Hobbit movies should never be spoken of again, but why don't you like the Lord of the Rings movies? I think this is probably directed more at me than at you. Sure. I, I think I have a stock answer here. It's a three-point answer. Uh, a, I just don't like Peter Jack- Jackson's. Uh, he has like a very schlocky directing style. Uh, B, I don't like how the Hobbits come off. I felt like the movies were more interested in Aragorn's perspective than they were. And uh, C, I just felt like every new addition from him and the writing team made the story worse. Yeah. Well, because it was it was like a lot of like we know better than Tolkien. I can I can see how people if they weren't familiar with the uh, books or didn't hold them in as high regard as I do would like the movies. That's fine. I just don't like them myself. Like imagine the Lord of the Rings movies. Let's just say regionally, you keep the director in New Zealand. Imagine if they were directed by uh, Taika Waititi. That'd be very different. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, number three from Kira. What are your predict- predictions as to star Wars nine? Actually, she writes 11, out- but sure. I think she means nine. I think it comes out in 2019. I hear they're making it. I think it ends with, uh, I think Ray puts her hand on the hyperspace lowers of the Millennium Falcon. Ben Ben Solo next to her puts his hand on top of hers and they pull the uh, lever and jump to height speed together. The time of my life. Uh Uh, Toblerone or Caleb, et cetera, as Kyler Ren. Toblerone. I, I think Caleb's just too short. I think it has to be Toby. I I don't think Caleb, while he did get certainly douchey enough at times during the end of PLL, he's not capable of the sustained histrionics that Toblerone could maintain that would fit Kylo Ren. Like just I could I could totally see Toby putting on his hand and being like, You're nothing except to me. You were Your just parents you were drinking money. Kind of like, you were just a tourist, man. Um, number five here, Spotify 2018 wrapped. I don't really know what that means. Is I don't that, know what that means. You don't know what that means either. I don't know what that means. I, I don't, I, I don't have Spotify. So maybe like what you listen to the most, it would probably be a lot of churches metric and death cab. Okay. There you go. Uh, yeah, I think this will definitely be the longest I can. We've ever done. Why don't you hit us with some more of your uh, email questions? Okay, so Corey sent in two emails with a shit ton of questions. Thanks, Corey. Um, the first one, what would season eight of PLL be about if you ran the show? Oh, wow. Huh. I mean, it, theoretically, everything else happened as it did. Uh, that's not my first thought, but you could read it that way. I mean, I guess that's what I'll jump off from. I. I feel like they all go on vacation to the Caribbean and like new mystery happens. Nice. My, my thought would be if you know that a next season is even remotely possible, 
I would be like, leave me the board game. I think Either if if that's the case, don't do it. I or would let it. Don't wrap it up. I would want to reveal Alex Drake as the twin and has taken over as Spencer, and then like the next season is like Alex is a Spencer, like the whole time. Oh, nice. Yeah, like, at least for like half half a season or something like that. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um. Next question. What would Lost be like if Oceanic 815 crashed on the island, but it only had the characters from PLL on it? <sighs> Gosh. <laughs> they die a lot yeah, quicker. Yeah, they die a lot quicker. Because <laughs> there's no Saeed. There's no ch- I think Arya just eats them all. <laughs> oh, interesting. Tell me more about how you uh, identify with Arya. I like Arya. Okay. Um, next question. What's the best thing about your podcast? Oh, I don't know. The production quality. Oh. <laughs> I had no idea. I don't know. Hopefully people find it entertaining. I mean, one thing that became interesting with some of our podcasts as we did some of the interviews was I personally enjoy talking to some of the people who do jobs other than just act on the show. I guess I'm thinking uh, more of headcanon. Oh, I mean, shit, I don't know. I don't know what you people are listening to this shit for. Are you still listening at hour three and a half or whatever? Get in there. Um, it's going on so long that my laptop's going to die. <laughs> All right, well, we're almost there. Uh, no, we're not. Um, oh. ooh, here's the next question. Would you ever date a listener of your podcast, James? <laughs> Oh, you're just springing that one on me, are you? <laughs> uh, well, you can't see what I'm blushing right now. Ooh. Let's just leave it at that. Ooh, nice. Um, we well, have, we have your... lovely listeners. We do. We're very lucky. Um, what is your worst quality about yourself? Oh, just that I'm so fucking humble. Um, no, I don't know. My worst quality about myself. What is your worst quality about yourself? Shit, I don't know. I mean, talk about resolutions. I'm trying to develop some flaws so that I can relate to other human beings more. Mm. Like, I feel like if I was more human, if I fucked up more, maybe people would, I don't know, like not feel so separated from me. Is that crazy? I don't know. Sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't, know. I don't know. What are my flaws? Um I think I've been accused in the past of being rather judgmental. So I suppose you could say that's one of them. I tend to form opinions quickly about people and and things. (laughs) I like how you put it that. I have been accused of this. I'm not saying that it has any validity. (laughs) Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Um, This one was weird. I almost typed this one wrong (laughs) when I was like copying it over. When you're typing it Uh, yourself. Well, I was retyping it from her email. Mm. I assume it's her. Could be a him. Corey. I don't know. Um, I almost typed about if you ever slept together. The question is actually if either of you ever slept, uh, slept walked. Um, no. I mean, obviously, if you haven't slept together, that would ruin the tension of the podcast. Obviously, it's the USC it's like, is what drives the podcast. Yeah, it's like it's moonlighting. Like if uh, Mulder and Scully here ever fuck, it's just it's over, man. It's Show over. goes downhill. Fucking Chris, what was that guy's name? Carter? Carter. Yeah. 
Um, I have never slept walk now. Wow. Okay. I like to, but I have slept walk mostly when I was a kid. Hmm. Um, there's a great story about, I don't know if it's great for me, but like, uh, I don't know how old I was. I was like six or seven and I apparently was taking a nap on the weekend and my parents had some people over and I slept, walked out to the living room in our tiny little house. And, uh, at the time, and I woke up to people being like, what are you doing? What is he doing? And it was, I was peeing in the trash can Mm. in front of all these people. Right on. That's real. Uh, these questions are so weird. Uh, next one is, are you more of a hunter or a gatherer? I'm a hunter. Really? You? Uh, You're a having gatherer. Not, having not been placed in a, in a situation where I can really test this, I would say probably a gatherer. Mm-hmm. Um, Want to hear more about your end of the year music list? I think we covered this. I mean... Maybe they mean our like our soundtrack for the year. Uh, I'll probably screen cap it and put it on Twitter at some point. Okay, sure. I'll, I'll try to do that as well. Uh, this was another one. What's your favorite guest on the podcast? Talk about that. Favorite movie to talk about? Uh, do we have one of those? Uh, we probably have like a handful that we like return to constantly. But I mean, you know, I like Star Wars. I think I've heard of it. Um, an episode of PLO that you would go back and do a rewatch podcast on. An episode that we do a whole podcast on. I don't know. You know, I'll be honest. I feel like I've kind of said my piece on PLO for the most part. I don't okay. know if I have anything left to say about a particular episode of, that I haven't already said before. Gotcha. Uh, will you ever do finally please a podcast about other shows? No. <laughs> so definitive. Um, and lastly, how would you describe each other in person? How tall am I? Uh, you're like, what, six feet? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm often described as uh, the, the, the celebrity I get compared to most is Sean Astin. Okay, so you just described yourself. Yeah, I did. Okay. I'm not sure who I would like like celebrity match you with. I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. Uh, do you, you, know, do you get any regular comparisons or? Um, when I was younger, this is very weird. When I was much younger, uh, Tom Cruise. When I got older, um, Chandler Bing. Oh, okay. I can kind of uh, see that. Um, and then briefly, Andrew Shu from Melrose Place. Oh. I wasn't even thinking of you in terms of a celebrity. Uh, a one-word answer to describe you in person? Uninterested. Uninterested? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Mm, okay. Oh. For you, at one word I would say I'm tall. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> All right, so I've got two more emails. Do you have any more Twitter ones? Yeah, so bat. Kritia or Kresha, I'm not sure how you pronounce that. I need to know how this much snark and sass goes to the grocery store and just lives like people. What kind of person are you at the grocery store? Uh, I'm very quiet. I don't know. I all I, all I can say is uh, we're exhausting IRL. 
we're exhausting IRL? I think so. Yeah. Okay. It's all fun and games, so you have to be around us for an extended period of time. Yeah, that's that part's actually true. Uh, Damien asks, uh, he's got questions for both of us. Marco, mm. do you think Benji was a serial killer in a past life, considering his fascination with eating people, blood, needles, etc.? Hmm. Now, Damien, are we talking like an H.H. Holmes? Like murder hotel kind of guy? I don't know. It's got to be more self-aggrandizing. Uh, so I don't know if the serial killer mode really fits. But uh, I like where your head's at. Next. Uh, he also asked Benji, if you have gotten the chance to work on one season of PLL as a writer, director, everything, etc., which would you pick? So... I'm not sure if he's asking what season I would want to work on or what like job I would want to have. Um, I guess I'll try to triangulate and do both there. Um, if I could have just been like a writer's assistant, like just like in the writer's room, like getting coffee or whatever for season three, I think that would have been fascinating. Hmm. I would love to be in the room around the time that as we've been told, Certain people came changed. in and yeah. some people came in and said, um, yeah, the way you're talking about mental illness is not cool. Oh yeah, that would have been fun. Okay, got a few more here, and then we should probably return to our dramatic reading of my immortal. Uh Ashley Vasta. I'm not sure if this is the same Ashley who emailed you or not. Um, huh. but we have a bunch of tweet questions. Will you guys ever come to the Boston slash New England area? Uh I don't know. Hope Springs Eternal. I've never really had a reason to go out east. Buy us a plane ticket. I'm theoretically interested at some point we, in my life going to like New York and Philly and Boston and all those places. But I've been to Philadelphia once when I was younger. I remember we got uh, someone reached out to us. I don't remember the venue about some PLL convention once upon a time. And they're like, oh, hey, are you interested in going? And we said something like, sure, if like hotel and airfare are covered and we never heard back from the whoever the organizer was. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the only hiccup with <laughs> search travel. Either a really good reason or, uh, you know, paid. I mean, I, I, I guess I don't see myself going to Boston slash New England for like a PLL event necessarily but maybe mm-hmm. just uh for my own uh enrichment i may make myself out my wake make my uh, way out there someday well it's like you know what's in boston tell us about it maybe we're two people with disposable income that are intrigued right what's the name of the museum in boston uh, smithsonian no that's in dc i guess i don't really have a strong desire to go to dc Anyway, uh, what are your day jobs? I think we answered that. How did you guys meet? We answered that as well. Uh, Do you aspire to work in the TV slash film industry? If so, which part? Uh, Writer's room somewhere. I'd love to just be on uh, the fly in the wall in a writer's room. Um, Directing seems fascinating. just seems like a really big undertaking. I definitely would want to work my way up to that. Uh, what are your predictions for Star Wars uh, Episode Nine? There, I think we've mostly talked about that. What What do you think is going to happen? You think Kylo Ren's going to be redeemed? 
Mary Baker Eddy was the Boston Museum I'm curious about. Sorry. Um, I think that's the question. Uh, I would be shocked if he isn't, but I think just because I would presume that Star Wars would head that direction if we're never going to see the Kylo Ren character again. But like, I would think that would be the question of a of an episode nine, right? Sure. What do you, I mean, the what do you subversion, think, though? I think yes. I okay. think the subversion would be that he's not. Would that be a subversion? I think so. Hmm. Uh, what movies or film franchises are you guys hoping to talk about someday on the pod? Uh, well, Hudson Hawk, obviously. I don't know. I feel like we've covered <laughs> most of the, like the major franchises. At this point, I mean, we haven't like dove deep into Marvel, but we certainly touched on it. We've talked about doing all of the Marvel movies. That's like, just a Marvel. lot. Yeah. Yeah. That was my thing was like, I could see us doing it by phases and taking breaks. Um, we've talked recently about some of the movies that we would do in 2019. And then I think we made a list together and we probably made lists separately. I'm kind of intrigued by these lists, so I don't know. I don't know if it's – it's not just franchises. It's like individual movies too. Yeah, I mean I feel like we've covered most of the major franchises that are like currently active uh, mm-hmm. or are popular. So I don't know. We'll see. If uh, if we haven't tweeted us, let us know. Yeah. Uh, what are your New Year's Eve plans uh, you're listening to right now? Yeah. Would you ever do a few episodes of the pod rewatching any of PLL? Uh, I miss it so much. Um, love to hear that you miss it. Um, I think we miss the show. I just, as I said before, I'm not sure what ground we could cover that we are, is not already been well trodden as far as PLL goes. I think so on the last PLL podcast, uh, we talked about the potential for when the new season will actually, or when perfectionists will actually air and like, will there be a month or two where we, have dead content because we finished yeah. talking about the good girls. Um, hopefully that would be filled with interviews. Sure. Right. Perhaps. Uh, That'd be my dream. Yeah. Do Flamingo, AKA at HOA Slytherin asks any favorite new characters that you met in 2018. I got a couple. Uh, James Taylor. Oh, Hello. breakout, breakout star of head cannon. Right, I don't know. Yeah, for sure. You're my uh, you're my favorite new character. Mm. Oh my myself. Uh, so I think Joe from you, and also Karen Minty from you. Karen Minty. Oh, I'm so glad you like Karen Minty as well. Like she's basic in some levels, meaning her her adoration of you know we all got to live. King of Queens. We all got to live. That's what I'm saying. King Queens, King Queens what is yeah. The, uh, who was the other one like King of Queens? Oh, what's her name? Yeah, yeah, her. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Um, I, by the way, I have two more emails, I think. Okay, well, let me finish these off and you can sure. close this out. Uh, Peter Kavinsky from To All the Boys I Loved Before. That was a fun character. Really? Your bros, huh? Sure. And uh, just my, my ultimate bro, Lord Harley from The Favorite. I think I didn't talk about Nicholas Holt at all when I was talking about this movie a couple weeks ago, but his character mm-hmm. is just fucking incredible. What an amazing performance and what an amazing character. He's so goddamn tall in the movie. First of all, he looks like he's fucking seven feet tall and uh, just God, what a legend. 
I, I really hope he gets like a supporting actor nom for it. He was great. <laughs> the fucking ditch. Um, Abigail Hill. Like when I first watched The Favorite, I was so programmed to only adore the Emma Stone character as it should be. Um, like I said, as I watched it twice more, I started to really question. Like Rachel Weiss's character really hits home. Like, what do you want to hear from me? Do you want me to lie to you and tell you like like angels shit you out and you're perfect? Or do you want me to tell you that sometimes you look like a badger? And I don't know. There's something there's something in there, like the the murky waters of affection. Uh Joe's great. Karen Minty is great. Shit, who else have we met? Um What are my other favorite shows? I don't know. I was like two hours uh, ago. Bill Pullman. Just in the center is great. How did you feel about his like weird, like sex, like submission thing that he had going on? Well, we all have our our moments, right? Mm. It's interesting how that's addressed in season two, to the little extent that it is. Okay, because I mean, like that show in season one, it gets a lot of traction. Every time he looks at like his like bloody fingernails. <laughs> I guess I it, it felt to me like the one sour note in the show where it was like we need an affectation for our detective like stick your hand in this bag of affectations and pull something out like oh like that's when he pulled out yeah likes to be a sub you know yeah well that shit happens um I don't know I, I it's late and this went on much longer than I thought. So uh-huh. yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure who the characters are. What did I first say? James Taylor. That's my favorite character. Hmm. It's never. Little. All right. Well, why don't you uh, close us out with our last few emails there? All right. So from Michael S uh, for James change hey, that's one me. thing. That's you for one thing for 2018. Change one thing. Yeah. Donald Trump is president. There you go. President Hillary Clinton. Boom, the world's Ooh. better. Yeah, there you go. Uh, for Marco, what are your top three spiciest moments of 2018? Um, Michael, I'm assuming you mean from from fiction. I don't know if you're actually asking your about personal life. Oh, wow, then let me tweet some pictures. <laughs> um, I, so, in response to this, all I could come up with for my like three sexiest movies of 2018. Oh. <laughs> Infinity War. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> it does bring a smile to my face as Josh Brolin The House of Jack, Bill. I will never be in the mood to see that movie. And Hereditary, yeah. Oof. I have never seen Hereditary. It's on uh, Amazon Prime, and I don't give a shit. <laughs> hmm. Um, now, my three sexiest movies, tell me what you think. The favorite? In a way, I mean, I, I could go either way on that, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, this is a year in which, again, a Fifty Shades movie came out, and it's not on this oh, list. Oh, it's not anywhere on this list now. Uh, number two, To All the Boys. Yeah. That movie had some uh, I don't some know. interesting it's, qualities. I felt like it was fairly chaste. I mean, I know you and, uh, you and Crystal say, argued against that. 
five and we were right like again there's some some hip shots when he spins her around by the hips there's some there's some sex appeal there uh this last one i don't know maybe controversial phantom thread that's great <laughs> that's no that's no don't confuse your list with my list my list includes phantom thread number one. Oh, obviously yes do you find it to be a sexy movie Fan thread? Uh, sure. In theory, yeah. Hmm. Such confidence. All right. Uh, from Justin, who identifies himself as a listener from Australia. He's got a couple questions here. Hello, mate. Um, something you hope for that the perfectionist does better than PLO. Uh, keep track of their timeline. Yeah, there you go. Don't get into such a tricky timeline. <laughs> Just keep track of it. Um, uh, next question for James. Who's your favorite character from the Witcher series? Oh, Jesus. I mean, we need a whole other three other other three hour podcast just for that. Uh, well, I Siri. The Lady of Time and Space. Cool. Uh Marco, if your cats were a superhero, which ones would they be? Um Super nerdy deep pool, not superheroes, but from the X Men comics, two characters who collectively are known as Fenris. That'd be my cats. I thought you were going to go with like Rusty and Skids. Uh, no, the 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 bland would be like North Star and Aurora, but no, oh. it's going to be Fenris. Don't don't um, be knocking Aurora. Aurora's great. North Star, not so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh, what is it? Uh, tired, tired Fenris. Uh, next question. What is something nobody tells you about podcasts? Uh, gosh, I don't know how, how, uh, how you, you have to make, uh, markers for all the times you get up to get a drink or go to the bathroom or whatever. And you have to remember to edit those sections all out later on. And if how you uh, forget and miss one, uh, a lot of people tell you about it. How sexy it is. Oh yeah. That, uh, seven hour yeah. PLL finale. Wow, you believe we did that? No, I can't. We're going on three and, and a half right now. And like, didn't you say like eventually like you released the version that didn't have the bathroom break, but some people still had it like a bootleg? Yeah, like it kept getting downloaded somehow. It's like, how are you downloading that? He deleted it. Yeah, I don't know. Guys, have pity on us. We drank like five bottles of champagne. I I could drink more. You could drink more? Of course. Yeah. What else you got for okay. us question wise? Last question from this was Justin. Uh, rank all of Emily's girlfriends from best to worst. Oh, geez. Um, I, th- I started looking at a list. Tell me what you think of this list. Well, I, I, I think uh, what's her face is last. The one who's like looking to like swing a threesome with a rude boyfriend. Uh, the everything is fucking girl. Everything is fucking. What was her name? She's like the baker. Oh, 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 yeah. She somehow forgot to make my list. Do you think she was trying to swing a, a threesome? I think there was she a little was trying bit to of, swing a threesome. She wasn't necessarily opposed. Like, I don't know. She was shady. Uh, I don't know. She just wanted to make really fucking killer empanadas. And like maybe. Emily was still in high school. That's all I'm saying. That's the weird part. Okay. My number one, Samara. Yeah. Hot take. My number two, Sarah Harvey. Ooh, I mean, girlfriend-wise, girlfriend-wise, I'd probably go Paige there, but, you know. Okay, so 
Sarah Harvey, when Emily was in high school, she had a girlfriend who lived in the same room with her, who showered a lot. So you know she was clean. And I bet she fucked like a train exploding out of a building. I'm not sure if they ever had sex. Uh, they got like like weird. They might have got like third base. I don't know. Was, but. Oh, there was some sex. Uh, I don't know. Hmm. What do you have after Sarah Harvey then? Oh, I, I think I'll have Paige first and then probably probably Maya, oh. then Sarah Harvey, then Where's uh, then Sabrina, then Allie. And Who's Sabrina. Oh, Sabrina. Yeah, Sabrina. Oh, I'm so sorry, Sabrina. Sabrina, who you, that was your serious hope that would be she'd be A. That'd be a good dark horse. I still think that, huh. yeah. Um, yeah, I would just put Empanada's girl last. She sucked. I put Maya last. Burn. Yeah. Maya is just a fucking like drama talent show nightmare that was just exploding onto itself over and she over. She was again. just a lot of ultimatums, I felt like. Yeah, like but, Maya. But I, need, I, oh, her high school girlfriend couldn't give her. I guess I think part of that was like the writers didn't know what to do with her. Like, I, I don't know if she necessarily got a fair shake. Mm, that's fair. All right. That was our last question. That's our last emails. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Last question. We won't get any hate from that. Uh, all right. Well, why don't we close this out? I'll uh, try to read chapter two of My Immortal here. Okay, please. If you don't mind. <clears throat> chapter two. The next day I woke up in my bedroom. It was snowing and raining again. All at the same time. I opened the door of my coffin and drank some blood from a bottle I had. My coffin was black ebony and inside it was hot pink velvet with black lace on the ends. I got out of my coffin and took a giant took took off my giant MCR t-shirt, which I use for pajamas. Instead, I put on a black leather dress, a pentagram necklace, combat boots, and black fishnets on. I put on four pairs of earrings and my pierced ears. I put my hair in a kind of messy bun. My friend, Willow, woke up and then grinned at me. She flipped her long, waist-length raven black hair with pink streaks and opened her forest green eyes. She put on her Marilyn Manson t-shirt with a black mini fishnets and pointy high-heeled boots. We put on her makeup, black lipstick, white foundation, and black eyeliner. OMFG, I saw you talking to Draco Malfoy yesterday, she said excitedly. Yeah, so... I said, blushing. Do you like Draco? She asked as we went out of the Slytherin common room into the Great Hall. No, I so fucking don't, I shouted. Yeah, right, she exclaimed. Just then, Draco walked up to me. Hi, he said. Hi, I replied flirtily. Ooh, Guess flirtily. what? Guess what, he said. What, I asked. Well, good Charlotte are having a concert at Hogsmeade, <laughs> he told me. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> fucking God, I screamed. I love GC. They are my favorite band besides MCR. <laughs> well, do you want to go with me? He asked. I gasped. End of chapter two. That's worthy of a <laughs> Um, isn't the guy from that band named Benji? Uh, I think one of them is, yeah. 
Isn't it funny how it all ties together? All right, so where are these coffins? Are they in the Slytherin common room? Uh, or in the are they, dorm are they area? Are coffin roommates? Yeah, is she the only one with the coffin? I mean, I think yeah. I've read that, like, supposedly they've claimed that this whole fanfic is, like, a, a satire of bad fanfic. I'm not sure if I entirely believe that. Yeah, I mean, they're getting dressed montage. While it's meant to seem haphazard and breezy, this would take three hours. It's a lot of uh, black eyeliner and black lipstick and I, I pentagram took necklaces and MCR t-shirt that I wear as a pajamas and I put on the black leather dress with fishnets. Ooh. Um, what is, what is Hogwarts policies here? Like what is their accommodations for the witch vampires? Can a, can a muggle band like good Charlotte play in Hogsmeade or is the author implying that good Charlotte are wizards? Well, so if they're wizards, why do they suck so much? Yeah. They certainly haven't bewitched me with their talent. They're no weird sisters. No, they're not weird sisters. They're no Jarvis Cockers. Um, And where do you have to go beyond Hogsmeade to see shitty bands? I mean, of course they're Slytherin. Uh, Willow here and and, uh, Raven Darkness or whatever. Ebony Raven dementia whatever her name is wouldn't it be funny if they were just like yeah we're hufflepuff bunch of duffers we're just does, your usual hufflepuff posiers does just ebony darkness dementia raven way is she the only one who has a coffin i thought her friend had a coffin too it just says my friend willow woke up and grinned at me so she's like in a bed and there's just like a fucking coffin in the corner? I mean, it's it's unclear. We know for sure that our main character has a coffin. We don't know about Willow, though, which real original like, name, by the way. Are you bringing a guy or a girl back to your coffin for like fucking? Like, I mean, you could. What's the what, how roomy is that coffin? I mean, it's if it's at Hogwarts, then theoretically the guy wouldn't be able to get into the dorm. It works the other way, but not that way. Well, that's just a shame. What is she like? She's seventeen, though, right? Yeah. Like what? what what's what's the fucking situation then? Like, are you like going to Hogsmeade and like getting a room above the that's, the what the pub? That's what the room requirement for is for, my dude. Right? I mean, just like fucking amongst all like the junk. You that's kn- cool. You know, man, at Hogwarts are going wild in there. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's foolish to pretend that they're not fucking. Do they have like magical condoms, or is it all like fucking in the mind? Are they, the do they like Cyclops and Emma Queen? Do, Emma do they vanish it like do they, they do potions? Oh, huh. good question. I just like I I understand either doing a Harry Potter fanfic or like a vampire fanfic, but why both? I mean, I know there are vampires in Harry Potter, but it just doesn't seem like we're really going anywhere with this so far. It seems like you mostly want to describe like hot topic outfits. Yeah. Isn't one of the Death Eaters like a werewolf? Yeah. Yeah. um, Is there uh, a werewolf in this one? Somebody who's read this? Like, does a werewolf show up? Because I mean, might as well. I'm going to guess there is. Yeah. Fenric Greyback in the books. And I think he's in the movies too. Yeah. Um, I mean, Draco really doesn't sound much like Draco here. (laughs) Hi. I I don't think. I said flirtily. 
I don't know if Draco wants to go see Good Charlotte. Maybe he does. Can you say hi flirtily for our listeners? Hi. Oh, wow. Heat. Although that's actually Draco to say that. Uh, Ebony Darkness says that. So okay. I think it'd be more accurate to say hi. How are you reading this? Is it like Ebony Darkness or is it like Ebony Darkness? It's dark apostrophe Ness. What? Uh, I don't know why there's an apostrophe that? there, but <laughs> what's uh, what's the etymology of this name? Yeah. Is this also something you procure at Hot Topic? My name is Ebony Darkness Dementia Raven Way. Way is a really bad last name. It's just I don't know. I that's, feel like it breaks it. the, the rhythm. That's why she's not related to Gerard Way. Well, I know, but why would she want to be if she thinks she's hot? I yeah I I don't know. It's the people think they're related because they have the same stupid last name. But she but, says, "I wish I was," because he's a major fucking hottie. That'd be like, "Oh, I wish I was related to uh, I don't know Joe Jonas. That's a teen pop guy, right? Like, I wish I was related to him. He's fucking hot. Like, ew. Why would you want to be related to him? That's gross. Well, maybe you are related to him. I don't know." Personally, I'd be like, it'd be not my nightmare if I was really the Dre Davis. But like, okay, I got you. I get you. Um, huh. What does Gerard Way think of all this? Who is Gerard Way? Well, he's uh, the creator of the Umbrella Academy starring Ellen Page, soon to come to Netflix, including being the lead singer of MCR. Oh, hi, Harry. Um. I don't know. It might just be terrible fanfic, guys. I think it is, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the next chapter, Draco's waiting there to go to the concert with his flying car. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. (laughs) I mean... The flying black Mercedes-Benz. The license... Guess what the license plate is? I can't even begin to guess. 666. Wow. Wow. Edgy, edgy as wow. fuck. What a poser. Um, we both smoke cigarettes and drugs. <laughs> is that what it says? We smoke cigarettes and drugs? We both smoke cigarettes and drugs. <laughs> Please tell me Lucius shows up in this. Oh, yeah. I wonder if he does. I don't know. I don't see it in the next chapter. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I screamed. I was beginning to get an orgasm. Whoa. We started to kiss everywhere and my pale body became all warm. And then, what the hell are you doing, you motherfuckers? It was, dun dun dun, Dumbledore. <laughs> Does Dumbledore say you motherfuckers? I think Dumbledore just said you motherfuckers. Okay, which Dumbledore do you most want to say, you motherfuckers? I kind of think Jude Law would be the most interesting one. For sure. You know, I, Although, I, I completely skipped Gamble over I think I skipped over like the most legendary line in the uh, the entire fanfic here. Let me read you this paragraph. And okay. then suddenly, just as I, Draco, kissed me passionately, Draco climbed on top of me and we started to make out keenly against a tree. He took off my top and I took off his clothes. I even took off my bra. Then he put his <laughs> thingy in my you-know-what and we did it for the first time. That's That's actually what it says. Let me beg you, whatever age you are, if you have to say thingy and you know what, please do not have sexual intercourse. (laughs) 
I'm just I'm fucking begging you. If you can't say anything other than thingy and you know what, please do not put TNZ. Well, um, I think the moral of this fanfic is that uh, Draco fucks. Wait on my father hears of this. <laughs> All right. We should really end this podcast for it's four hours long. Oh God. I'm so sorry, people. Why do you put up? I, yeah. Thank you for listening. If you made it this far, I'm, I'm not sure why you did, but uh, I'll be back sometime in the new year to talk about, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, happy new year. Yeah. Happy new year. Happy 2019. You freaks. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>